and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 118. Let's roll into Wild Card Weekend, folks. I love it, man. This is like, uh, you know, all your Dynasty Leagues are over. Uh, all of the fantasy football is over. You can play some DFS, obviously. You can play some, uh, you know, playoff best ball. But for the most of us, this is just football time. This is just time to enjoy the game. And, uh, you know, I took last week off. And I'll be honest with you, it had a lot to do with DeMar Hamlin. Um, I was not feeling so good, man. I don't know about y'all. Some of you might have some cold, cold, dead hearts. But if you're anything like me and you just have a heart in your in, in your body, you were you were shook. I was I was really concerned. I usually record on Wednesday. I actually got away with the family and just kind of took a took a break, and um, I wasn't sure that kid was going to make it. Um, you know, Tuesday was a little bit one of those things where they didn't they didn't give us much news, and uh, man, I was like, I don't like this no news. The no news was really scaring me because I thought this kid was maybe maybe losing a battle, and and honestly, this was really affecting me, and I had a really tough day. Uh, at work on Tuesday. And I don't know, man, maybe some of you felt that. So uh, I'm really, really happy to see this kid. I, I think the the Bills game, if he's if his ass is in the, you know, on the sideline or in a press box and they put him up on the up on the scoreboard, it's going to be pretty emotional. Uh, you know, my Pats lost to the Bills last week and I was kind of fine with it, man. I swear to God, man, you know, I'll get to that and more with my guest this week. I'm going to I'm going to have Dan Bradley on the show uh, Dan is a friend of mine, and y'all know him. He's at AWL Sabermetrics. Um, so I'm going to have him on the show, and we're going to we're going to chit chat about some stuff. But you know, first I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to bring out um, you know uh, 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 somebody who just won a bunch of money playing underdog best ball. Y'all might know him, Pat Corain. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to the interview I did with Pat a little earlier today. So uh, without further ado, here's that Pat Corain conversation I had. And joining me today is a very special guest, uh, someone who I had on the podcast this summer, Correlation versus Causation. We're going to get into that. Um, but uh, Mr. Pat Corain joins, joins me today. Uh, I'm sure none of you know any of the news about Pat, so we'll we'll let you know what happened to Mr. Pat Corain this past week. But Pat, welcome to the program. How are you doing, my friend? Doing good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Pat, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna bury the lead. Um, you were on my show uh, this summer, uh, just before July, and then something very special happened in July. You drafted a team that ended up winning you two million dollars. I would ask you uh, the underdog team, of course, the Best Ball Mania three that you won this this past uh, week. Uh, were you compelled to split it with me? <laughs> yeah, there's you know. <laughs> Unfortunately, we we were talking dynasty. So uh, what you have one of the weaker cases among <laughs> the podcasts I was on. Yes, I I believe I do have one of the weaker cases. Yeah, I think there may have been some other folks that were helping you along with it more than I was. Really? <laughs> yeah, uh, I have been given some shout outs, uh, which you know, Pete Overzet's Week Seventeen video, uh, which uh, came out in June. That uh, if you look at the team that I had was highly, highly correlated in week 17. Um, and that that was a big reason. It's also a three quarterback team. 
Uh, and there was an, uh, an article that Alex Baker Osimo published in, I believe, June uh, or early July that got me starting to think about three quarterback stuff and also doing some research on three quarterback builds. I ended up publishing some stuff on Rotor World, I think later in July. Um, but I was researching that at the time that I drafted this team. So I think that was like kind of directly a part of all that. Um, the funny thing about the awesome articles that I've heard, he, he also published a very similar article last year and no one really, it didn't gain much traction. And then he kind of, he kind of like, uh, brushed it off and touched it up, but then it did gain quite a bit of traction last year. So. That's super cool. I, I do want to at least, uh, be a good host and, and share with the fine people what happened. And I think that's where the, for me, that was where the intrigue was, you know, uh, I think if you know Pat or if you don't know Pat, the story was intriguing on a multitude of levels. But having gotten to know you, I you know I've had you on the show, and you know I think the community at large kind of just knows who you are. Uh, I think we're all kind of intrigued by your sweat. Let let's set it up. So Best Ball Mania Three is an underdog best ball tournament event. Pat Corain drafts a team. I think it was July 18th. So yes, in sir. the summer, um, that team ended up being in first place for Best Ball Mania 2 on Sunday night before the infamous Monday night football game. And you were planning to live stream your sweat. It was a very, very um, uh, coin flip sweat as to how much money you were going to win. There was a chance your team held and, you know, won the $2 million first place prize. You were in first place at the moment. But uh, I actually asked you, and I think you sent me the, or I found it or whatever, I don't remember, but the, you know, you had all the different teams that could possibly beat you and how they could beat you and yada, yada. And it was all, it was pretty cool. Actually. I liked that you did that spreadsheet. I guess well, Eric Bimefort did that, that one, I think that you're referencing. Yeah. It was uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it was and, very and helpful. Of, yeah. And then of course, Monday night. Yeah. Cause then you know what you're cheering for against watching. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, so then, you know, Monday night happens, you're going to do a live stream just to you know, I, I thought for sure you were going to have some real pain that night. I really did. I was like, I really did. I, I wasn't. I wasn't there was a high honest. chance of pain. For high sure. chance of pain. And and the pain would have just come slowly and surely. Like it would have been a Joe Mixon, like two yard run. That would have, you know what I mean? It wouldn't. Have, yeah. It wouldn't. Oh, it just would have been so brutal. Fourth and two, he converts for five yard or whatever, like something just so bad. And uh, so it was coming and you just didn't know how and it was going to be awesome. And, you know, I was certainly pulling for you. And then we had tragedy. Um, and when that happens, I was thinking, well, now I'm no longer happy. I feel terrible. And I even sort of sent a, you know, a comment in one of your tweets. I was like, it must've been bittersweet. And I think someone was like, dude, fucking bittersweet. He went two mil. Like what the fuck are you talking about? But can you at least tell me a little bit about how your emotions were the night of the sweat and, you know, balancing the, the, you know, the emotions of feeling like, Hey, I don't know if I now won. Maybe I won. That sort of not understanding. And then this poor Demar Hamlin situation, where I know you're, you know, a good dude that had to have hit you pretty hard. How were you feeling uh, on Monday night? Yeah, so we were live, um, and just kind of like I don't know. I felt like I was sort of playing catch up to just understand, like you know, how serious it was because you're sort of like from the headspace of like you know this this sweat, and then totally, you know, there's an injury, and it's like you know. That, you know, it's it, unclear right away how serious it was. And then, right. I don't know, it's just kind of hitting you like, oh, this is different. And um, we ended up signing off uh, the stream. And then I was just watching uh, and just trying to figure out, you know, what was going on with DeMar. And, you know, at that point, I'm like, it's the NFL. Like, they'll play. Like, the right. game's getting played. 
so it, it did, at that point it was almost like just almost like hitting the pause button on the whole thing sure. because like it truly didn't nothing else did matter because there's it really wasn't um in my mind at the time you know monday night like all that likely that you know the game would not get played so it's just like let's right. just focus let me just focus on on uh demar hamlin and and hope he's okay and uh then as you know as the days go on there was kind of like this you know we we were starting to get well there was a couple days there on like tuesday where it didn't like we weren't getting enough updates on demar you know where i was like starting to get really nervous me too and yeah and so then the way it kind of worked out is that we got really good news on demar on thursday yeah and then we also started to get news um there was a pro football talk report wednesday night that maybe the game wouldn't be played but then Thursday, we got like more kind of confirmation of, yeah, this game's really looking like it's not getting played. So that's when it really started to hit in terms of, okay, you know, I might, I, I kind of need to start thinking about the other part of this, like in a more major way. And right. I also need to like make some calls and figure out, like, I got to get like an accountant. I got to like figure out like all sort the, the implications of like what, what I do now, like, like, right. does this go in my checking account? Like, how do I, how do I <laughs> yes. do this? You know, all of <laughs> yeah. that, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, and just go ahead and wire me that over, folks. You yeah, know, that shit happening. But like, I, yeah. I, I, I went. <laughs> yeah, like real quick. How do I get this fucking money? Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty. Yeah, they, yeah, they just put it in your account. Uh, your underdog account. They you did. Know? Yeah, I, they yeah, said they right. Did. Yeah, so you just had a two million dollar credit in there, right? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's how it would have been. Wild. And then I, I had to contact them. I had to request a PayPal PayPal payout. And they're like, we won't be using PayPal, but you have to request it through PayPal wow. anyway. Um, just, I cool. don't know. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. But like, yeah, it was interesting that, no. to me because like, um, you know, I don't know, man, like that's an important, you know, situation for you. And, you know, and, and meanwhile, you're like, I, I would imagine you feel some guilt for being selfish in that moment because DeMar is fighting for his life. And you're like, but yeah, but what about me? Like, that's a pretty important moment in my life. So you probably had some conflicting emotions going through that. And to have had that news sort of hit both that DeMar is going to be OK and they're not going to play the game must have been a pretty exalting moment. Yeah, I mean, it's it was that was a big, big day. Um, and. On Wednesday night, I there was so the Wednesday night report that I mentioned, you know, that the game might not be played. We still didn't have much clarity on Demar at that point, and that was right. I like there was I was able to to sleep in previously. Like I I was having trouble like falling asleep, and then I'd be able to sleep in. And then Wednesday, I just was like I didn't get any sleep at all. So right. like what you know, all the uncertainty of it. And then um, you know, I would say like on Thursday, it still wasn't like kind of exalting because there's this chant like i'm not gonna go oh they're definitely not playing the game you know yes until the game's not getting played was my you know yes my feeling was basically like they might play it so i'm not gonna get ahead of myself at the same time i do have to start planning and you know so i'm doing all of the things i mentioned with in the back of my head the mind of like i might be doing this for a ten thousand dollar hit which is what 11th place pays which it could have easily finished 11th and um you know not to you know that would be a, a nice hit but you yeah. don't need to like 
call a bunch of accountants for a, yeah you just kind of yeah that you're you just fist pump and be done with it yeah i mean especially yeah. after having the you know proposition of potentially winning two mil so yeah that's really cool i was really you know I wanted you to win it fair and square. Not, not that you didn't. You know what I mean. I wanted the game. I know, to get played. I know exactly. I wanted what you to mean. watch it that night. I wanted to be pulling yeah. for you. I wanted to somehow you win by point zero one and fucking a. You know, and then it's awesome. And you know, so I thought it was that. That's what I meant by bittersweet. It was like you know, it's sort of like you won in the long run out rather than winning it that night the way you wanted to win it. Like you had a fucking live stream. Like obviously yes. you wanted to win it that way or not, and you know, have people commiserate in your pain. You know. Yeah, no, of course. Um, that was that was the way I wanted to win it as well. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it, just the the whole thing was just the whole thing was really surreal and crazy. It still is, you know. It's a, it's still uh, quite surreal too. Um, like I, you know, it's like I see some stuff. I'm like, oh, that's, it almost feels like it happened to someone else at some yes. at some points. Um, until yeah, I have to that, like that makes do, sense. do the homework stuff. Well, let me ask the important question. I know my listeners are probably saying, ask, ask, like the one obvious low-hanging fruit question. Would you trade it all in to have won the Dynasty Game Theory Invitational (laughs) (laughs) Dynasty League? I mean, the people want to know how important that is. And like, obviously the money's bigger in this, but the prestige, you know what I'm saying? No, yeah, and prestige is is big, you know. It's a big part yeah. of uh, being in the industry. So, uh I do, you know, I feel okay about my my team there. Um and I've got Jonathan <laughs> Taylor, you know, and I was I was He's dodging the question. Along. He's dodging the question. So, look, I, I mean, I think that is a yes. I mean, I'm pretty I, sure he would. I, I here's what I say. I think I think I have a chance next year, you know. I, I I'm going to be uh rising from the ashes here. I've got a mid middling pick i think so no not going to be supercharged by this rookie class but i'll be i'll be no. in the mix next year yeah nate list running the gauntlet what do you think about that That was pretty cool huh that was pretty cool that I was mean, very cool you know i didn't see that coming congratulations nate list he wins again i mean the guy just can't lose seahawks make the playoffs i mean the guy's just running hot here's a here's an hot. actual question you know austin eckler wins it for you. your lineup was pretty cool let me <clears throat> for the people listening at home which is all the other people other than me and you um, the, the, the lineup was your, your first pick at the one ten really won it for you. Uh, you picked Austin. Eckler. It was actually, so underdog had a typo yeah, here. I, I drafted out of the one Oh seven. One Oh seven. Sorry. Yep. No, okay. no, it's, uh, the, the screenshot they sent out had it as the one ten, but just it's so people correct. know it, it's not correct. It's yeah. I was out of the one Oh seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So thank you. Uh, Austin Eckler first round one Oh seven you know, kind of, kind of brought it home for you. I mean, he, you as you point out, I think you tweeted or whatever, needed a big, Oh, I know what it was. It was the, uh, Austin Eckler, uh, sent you the video congratulating you, which is probably, you know, not worth 2 million, but it's worth a lot. It's pretty cool. Um, (laughs) you know, right. Fantasy players dream, right. You know, it's like I won my league and then the players like me and you were bros. You're like, yes, Um, (laughs) that literally happened to you. It's just kind of cool. I know all fantasy players like, yeah, that actually kind of would be fucking dope. Like if JT won it for me last year and just comes on, you're the best, (laughs) Scott. Um, So he basically said that you drafted him. I think at the 1.07, you know, that was a little early for Eckler. And I like that you did it because Eckler does have that big upside. Did that come from that sort of week 17 uh, stack or walk me through the decision to take Eckler that, that early. So, yeah, I, um, I think in that draft, I looked that Diggs was gone. Uh, Adams was not, 
but uh, let's see. I they do have the draft here. So the, the top picks were uh, JT, uh, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, CMC fell to four, Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs. So I could have gone Adams. Um, CD Lamb actually went next after me at the, at the 108. But yeah. I was mixing in Eckler. Um, and you kind of had to take him around there. I mean, I think the latest he would have gone is like the 108 um, in half point PPR. So, yeah. Yeah. And I was, you know, more open to taking running backs in best ball because, you know, there's no waivers. And, you know, right. I, I drafted a lot of zero running back teams, but here a running back was was actually slightly my highest, where, you know, just one early running back. Um, and I do this article series on Rotor World uh, about legendary running backs. Um, legendary running back seasons, the idea that when you're drafting an early round running back, what you're really hoping for is that you get one of these types of seasons that Eckler just turned in where he kind of laps the field and it gives you such an advantage because outside of those types of seasons, running back isn't all that high scoring of a position. And so you can get a guy who separates more than you can get at wide receiver. So I'm, you know, I'm in on that idea. And when I wrote up the, this year's, running backs and going in the early rounds, Eckler was a target and Saquon Barkley was a target. They have the type of profile that does fit with running backs who have previously turned in these types of like 23 plus PPR points per game seasons. Um, so yeah, it came, that came from research where uh, I thought Eckler was, you know, a very, he wasn't like a massive target for me in the range he was going in, but definitely was a target. I think <clears throat> the other thing I noticed about the team and it's maybe a lesson I'm going to try and learn a little bit. Well, before I get there, you, you mentioned some correlation. I found some correlation in your um, in your draft, but there wasn't a lot of stack correlation. I mean, I guess a little Jalen Waddle and Tua, but you no, know, there was. I guess uh, uh, Godwin and ba- Brady. Um, yeah, uh, there is some. There is some good There's- correlation. Not too deep though. I thought it was a. I thought it was an interesting. Uh, draft. Walk me through a little bit of the correlation that you felt like you had uh, a line for the team. Yeah, so I had um, I had Tom Brady to Chris Godwin, yep. and then DJ Moore coming back. When I say coming back, yep. even in July, I had all the Week 17 games memorized so that I could like basically like when you get to Week 17, you're now trying to finish first among 470 teams, and it's a one week tournament. You know, it's right. it's now a one week tournament. And so your whole goal is just to advance a team to that week that's now like armed and ready to go to take down a single week tournament. And having correlations and bringbacks is really helpful yeah. in doing that because you need to get less things like you need to get less things right. Just a couple things need to break your way. And for me, one of the big, big things that broke my way was that Tom Brady finally goes off. Yes. Chris Godwin comes along for the ride. Obviously, it would have been nice to have Mike Evans here. He went uh, before me in the second round. So that wasn't really a possibility. Hmm, wow, I wasn't really I wasn't really drafting him uh, a ton in that range either, so I probably right. would have passed on him. But um, but yeah, but Chris Godwin does come along for the ride, and DJ Moore gets pulled along in the game script. So yeah, uh, that's kind of why this idea is important. But I had uh, I had Jalen Waddle with Tua, I had Raheem Mostert, uh, and, I had Sony Michelle, yep, who was Sony Sony Michelle was on the Dolphins at the time I drafted yes. this, and I was I basically in round sixteen and seventeen <laughs> I went Mostert Michelle and was basically like one of these guys. Hopefully will be something. Um, I'll kind of like almost burned a pick to get one good pick. Um, I had Daniel Jones with Saquon and Wandale. Um, and, I had, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Ramondre, uh, Jacoby Myers, 
Taekwon Thornton, which though uh, they were playing the um, the Dolphins, so that was all a, kind of a game stack. I had a yeah. big Tua led game stack uh, that didn't obviously work out from the Tua side, but both but it of did the because Patriots you played Myers, you played Myers and Thornton in your in your final lineup. So exactly like, the fact that Thornton placed for you as your 18th pick in the two. I mean, that's just, I mean, you know, that's huge. You know, that's huge. It is. And this was my only Thornton team of a 150 <laughs> that I drafted. It was my only Thornton team. And this is part, partly why I like the correlation stuff is because there's an, a 0% chance I draft Thornton. You know, I didn't it. draft him outside of this. The only reason I did is clearly because I was building a game stack around it. Right. Bingo. Yeah, good job. The other thing I noticed, um, and sometimes I I don't do this, is three quarterbacks, and it probably got you there. I don't think it, as you point out, Brady went off, but so did Daniel Jones, who you had. But the the Brady Daniel Jones Tua, there's so much attrition, you know, uh, it, 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 well, just in general in the NFL. But you know, sometimes you know, who would have thought that Brady would have played all those games and had that work that bad a season, like? It just didn't make any sense. Like if I told you the number of attempts and the number of games played for Brady and yards, probably even you'd have been like, Oh yes, I'll take it. You would have drafted him around earlier. You know, it's really <laughs> like, you know, it's going to be there and it just wasn't there all season. Yeah. Um, which I mean, you know, obviously next year in Vegas, he's going to, he's going to rock and roll. Um, love it. But, um, <laughs> but like, you know, so Tua, you know, the concussions, I mean, I, th- I think you probably felt a little fragile because you were a little late with quarterback. You know, I mean, you know, you didn't have any of the big, uh, big names and maybe that's why you went for another quarterback. Can you explain the the decision to go three quarterback? Cause that is a decision. That's not haphazard. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I did, I went back cause Tyler Algier was taking the pick after I took Daniel Jones as my third quarterback. And, you know, he has a big week 17 and I was like my third or fourth highest drafted running back. So Mm. I was looking at that on Monday morning going, I know I would have taken Algier if I didn't take Daniel Jones. And Algier just had a big week and this sweat wouldn't be nearly as tough if I had just taken Algier. I literally went back and calculated, did I need Daniel Jones to make it through my 12-team league? Because if I didn't, I'm going to feel sick. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten through without the third quarterback. So that made me feel feel better. But um, yeah, this was... At the time I drafted this team, I was doing research for this article that I mentioned at the top of the show. And um, one of the takeaways from that article was I thought that three quarterback builds were viable and particularly with running back, running back starts. Sure. Um, They weren't like a huge target build for me, but I did think it worked. And the reason I thought that it worked in particular with running back, running back starts is that there had been over the last few years, there have been a couple pockets of the draft where it's kind of ideal to take running backs. One of them is then in the early rounds because you get a chance at these legendary seasons. And, yeah. you know, even if you don't hit, like in best ball, even if you don't hit like on a perfect season, you get like a Najee Harris season from last year. That's actually right. still pretty helpful. Right. You know, because you don't have waivers and, you know, just someone slotting into your lineup is good. The other pocket is in kind of the, like, the late single-digit, early double-digit rounds. Um, and I did take Ramondre in the 10th round as my third running back. But then I didn't take another running back until 16 and 17. That's much easier to do if you've taken running backs Eckler. to start. Yeah. Right. Eckler, yeah, Eckler. yeah. Exactly. So I'm like, I can cool off in this range of the, I can cool off in the second value pocket for running backs. Yeah. That's also a range. And Sean Siegel's written a lot about this 
where you kind of want to stop drafting quarterbacks. You want to get all your quarterback picks in because that's generally where the upside is is starting to to get pulled out of that position. So if you yeah. can get one of the last guys with any kind of upside, now it's probably a shakier bet. He's probably more of a pocket passer type, you know, or or a rusher, but someone who we feel very shaky about, like a Daniel Jones. Yeah. Um, and but you're still but there's still upside there, and you do want. If you're taking a third quarterback, you do want spike week upside as well. You want them to be able to get you through week 15, which is a single elimination, week 16, single elimination, and then week 17, we have to win the whole thing. Right. So um, I thought that, that that kind of those two strategies kind of paired well nicely because of like the value pockets kind of aligning. You had mentioned you had 150 teams. Is that 150 best ball mania three teams? Is that what you that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, so you maxed out the because that's a max, right? That's the max. Yep, that's great. So I mean, um, good thing you didn't do one forty nine. Is all I'm going to tell you. I mean, <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> man. I, I mean, really, it's a it's a cool story. Um, you know, you did put a lot of work into it, and um, you know, sometimes the best laid plans. You know, I mean, we know it. Uh, you can still do a great job, have a great team. It's funny. I go back and I look at some of my like best ball teams and. You look at them, you're like, wow, that's a really fucking good team, man. That was a really great draft. And then you're looking, you're like, all of my tight ends got hurt or whatever. <laughs> like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it, there's so much that goes into it where you're like, that that team was never going to win. I mean, look at the quarterback. It was whomever, it was hurt. You know what? You're like, doomed. You know, I had Brady and the guy who got hurt. Or you're like, ah, oh, there's just no chance, you know? So sometimes it's like, even though it was a really great team and could have done something, it doesn't advance because. It's it's dead in the water. So in best ball, there's some teams that are just quote unquote dead in the water. For sure. And I mean, you like so many things had to break right. First of all, I almost didn't make the final because mm. and this team, so this team's finished second in its 12 team league. Um, so it was not dominant through weeks one through fourteen. It did well in week fifteen. Uh have George Kittle, that really helped. Yes. Uh and then week sixteen squeaked through because of Austin Eckler's second touchdown. <clears throat> Barely made that. And then um, in week 17, like I had Saquon, who was pretty chalky in the final round because he, he'd been doing well. He doesn't do anything. I have Mostert slot in there, who's very low owned. I have Ramondre, who's also a popular, you know, very, he was pretty high owned in the final round. He doesn't do anything. So like right. the, the chalky <laughs> elements of my lineup mostly failed and right. the contrarian elements of my lineup all smashed. Smashed, yeah. The odds of that happening alone it is crazy small, you know, like, right. so you just, the way this tournament works out is like, you do, you do need, do you need a lot of variance, a lot of luck to go your way? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's not even talking about the fact that, you know, I had this low owned Brady stack that, that goes off like once all season and it's in the, <laughs> Literally. In the championship week. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. Cause the Brady Evans teams didn't get there. <laughs> you know right. I mean? They didn't it's get like, there. That's right. They didn't get there. There was 2% no Brady. Yeah. Evans in the final 2%. Yeah, it just doesn't – it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, 2%. There you go. It's just he was uh, – if you picked him in the second round, you fucked it up, you know. But yet he – if you had him somehow, you won it. It's crazy. So, yeah, that's the that's the whole thing with the way the tournament is laid out. Um, I was going to ask, um, you know, now uh, in the playoffs, who's your favorite team? Is it Buffalo or is it the Chargers? I mean, this is going to be a tough one. <laughs> I will say, so we're doing the FFPC – playoff challenge uh, on ship chasing we had uh, an episode last night going over basically what we think the chalk lineup is going to be there uh, that's a tournament where you can pick yeah. only one player from every team um, 
and we're doing we're doing more content over there throughout the week on on that tournament. But it is a little tough for me to uh, want to fade Austin Eckler at this point. I right. have to say, I mean, the guy uh, came yeah. through. I mean, I, I was I was in second place at one point, and the guy ahead of me had Kittle, which I had had Lockett, which I had like every way that I could realistically pass him was blocked except for Eckler. And then he ripped off the 72 yard touchdown. So like Eckler, very, very much the MVP here. And uh, I feel maybe has biased me towards him in the playoff in the contest. Totally. And and he deserves it. He's first of all, he's awesome as a dude. Like he's been awesome. He's been very like gracious with his time. And, you know, he's a, I don't know. He's like story. uh, I mean, you know, yes. Undrafted the whole thing. Undrafted. yeah, he went to a fake college. That 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 college that I've met Kelly say that didn't go to Western, <laughs> like not Western. I think it's just Western or something. Like that. Yeah. So anyway, but you know he's just awesome. Like he's been so great, and um, you know he's he's joined the fantasy community in a way that like is not. He he just sort of like I don't know how to say this, but like he hasn't come in above us. He's just come in with us. Right. You know? Right. And like yeah, he's just another guy in this community, even though we recognize that that's not who he is. And, but yeah, he's just been great. Mag- magnanimous or whatever, you know, he's just been great. Um, and having and fun then, with it, like the bit he did before week 17, where he's like, cause he shows up on the injury report. Right. And then he does a thing where he's like, I know you guys have been relying on me and nothing's going to change. And he yeah. shows the belt. Like yes. he, I mean, yes. like that's fun. And then of course, and then like he, he delivered. He delivered. Yes. He really delivered. For sure. I mean, look, if, if I, if I'm you, Austin Eckler is my favorite player of all time. I'm drafting him on every single team from now to the end of time. I mean, just can't fade him. I mean, if he's no, available, gonna... click. He's the best. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. The, guy, the guys are going to have to override me on, on 100% Austin Eckler for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have the 101 next year. I'm thinking Eckler. What do you guys think? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. I, I mean, that's just where I'm leaning. I don't know what you guys are thinking, but <laughs> every pick you ever have. Is, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm brainstorming here, but what about Eckler? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do have a history of uh, of going all in on it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Kittle too. Kittle was huge. I know Kittle was, you know, a big, uh, uh, you know, a big winner for a lot of dynasty leagues too. You know I mean? He was huge. And let's, let's, uh, let's switch it up and talk a little bit just briefly about the playoffs. Cause you know, I think, you know, this is the time of year. I mean, I have a dynasty show, but this is like, to me, this is football time. This is, you know, all the, the 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 fantasy leagues are done. I mean, there's some you know some DFS stuff, obviously, and there's some best ball stuff, definitely. But to me, it's football. You know, this is just the time where we get to enjoy winner go home, the whole thing. The the I love it. I mean, it, there's nothing better than playoff football because it is very final. You know, when you play in in the NBA or NHL or MLB, it's a series. You know, and you get to well, let's see if they get game two. You know, it's like. There's no game two. This is it, you know. And so if you lay an egg, you go home. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of great quarterbacks in the playoffs this year. Um, And even the ones that are, quote unquote, not great. You know, the Brock Purdy is not a great quarterback. He's playing great. So the quarterback play is pretty awesome. And there's a lot of great matchups. Is there a game that you're really just sort of excited to see out of the first uh, first week? Yeah, I mean, I was I was kind of bummed we weren't going to get uh, we're not going to get Tua because that would have been kind of fun. Um, that yeah, one, I agree. Uh, I, I think that the Tampa Bay Dallas game is pretty interesting because it seems like the kind of the field is like really going towards Tampa Bay there. Yeah, um, and feeling like you know 
Dallas is kind of losing it and, you know, maybe there's some momentum for Tampa Bay. Um, I don't know. I've been like very uh, disheartened by kind of the way Tampa Bay's approach their play calling all season. Yes. And like they had the big game against Carolina. They didn't really even have a game against the Falcons. So I'm like, what momentum is, are we talking about uh, beating Carolina? Yeah. Is that the momentum? Yeah, exactly. So, that's the momentum we're talking that's about. That's the momentum. It's one yeah. game with like three yeah. long passes. It wasn't even, they didn't, they weren't surgical. They just had a couple of big plays in slopped in with their slop, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm that one I find very intriguing because at the same time, like, I don't really want to bet on Mike McCarthy, like not to blow it, you know, like yeah. everyone's assuming he's going to blow it. And I'm, I don't feel like standing up and going, no, we must bet on McCarthy. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I, and I think he's capable of blowing it for sure. For so sure. that one's like fun, you know? Yeah. Because it's like, you know, the Dallas, it's so Dallas, <laughs> you know, just to go in and get smoked by Tampa. It Bay. is. It's yeah. so Dallas. It'd be per- like I, I get it from the narrative perspective. You know, Tom Brady just completely, you know, he, he turns it on in the playoffs. Then now they're rolling. They're, it's like it's yes. a very it's very easy to imagine. It's very um, easy to imagine. They're also on the road there. I mean, not not that it's like I don't know. I think home field like obviously like Green Bay couldn't get it done versus Detroit, which actually really. I mean, I was happy in one way, but I bet on Green Bay, so I was a little bit bittersweet. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I just I love that Detroit team and the fact. Me that too. They were, I really wish they made oh, it. Me too, man. Like so bad, I wanted to see Detroit in this. I mean, because they're a better, they're they're a tougher out than Seattle easily. Yeah, for sure. And they like even against the 49ers, like it, it would have been a fun game. Like that would have yeah, been a I, fun game. I would say especially against the 49ers because like they can run the football. They can they can meet them at the toughness level. Like, cause yeah. San Francisco is a really tough team on both sides of the football. And if there's one thing that Detroit is, it's pretty tough. That's a tough little yeah. team. Um, so anyway, I, I'm really excited about the, well, all the games, but Herbert at Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, I, yeah. So how is the, so I'm like also thinking through this, like how are people expecting this game to go? Because I'm trying to, do this playoff contest where I'm trying to pro- project where everyone is going to pick and everything. But like, that's a, that's an interesting one. Cause I feel like people are, are just going to play it as a shootout in this tournament and not mm. really pick the game. But like, do you have a strong feel on how that game goes or how the field expects that game to go in terms of who wins? I think it may be an ETN game. I mean, okay. The, the chargers have not been able to stop the run um, for like, three years. I mean, when was the last yeah. time we're like, no, no, they're good against the run. I, I don't remember that for a long period of time. And, you know, I, you know, I, I, I think it could be an ETN game in that way because if he breaks a couple of big ones, all of a sudden that, you know, that could be a way to settle down Trevor as well. Trevor looked awful in the final game. I was really excited to see him kind of put a, put a stamp on his season and get mm-hmm. himself in the playoffs. Cause he had been playing, so so good for so many weeks and i think that's a little bit of an aberration um yeah i think there's a bit of a shootout possibility there there's always the chance that everybody tightens up in the playoffs although with uh peterson and staley i don't think that we should expect that at all right i guess although peterson i felt they felt a little tight against the titans and that sure was did, man. a playoff game yeah i but, the Titan, man, that was they were so bad. They he missed a he missed a wide open player. I think it was uh, Zay in the in the in the end zone. Might have been Marvin. I don't remember, but like he had a sure touchdown. Trevor did. I mean, he just missed some big big throws. I mean, yeah. 
easy ones too, like big, but easy. Like it was like, yeah. there it is. Um, so I'm not sure. I think Trevor's got to play better. I think he will play better. They will be at home uh, Saturday night game that the lights will be on that. That should be a, a pretty fired up crowd. I think they've been waiting a long time to have a good team. Um, so that ought to be pretty interesting. I think it's going to be a tough place for the chargers to go win. Uh, what were they doing playing their starters in weeks, eight, whatever, 18? I don't know, like, man. like I don't six, know. Mike Williams is fucking hurt. Like, I feel like that, like Staley, I give, I defend him a lot. I can't defend him on this. I'm like, what are you doing? Get everybody off the field. That was, I was pure incompetence, I think. Like, just, right? it's meaningless, man. It's I'm meaningless. trying to think of a way that I could be like, yeah, but, but I can't even get myself to a simple yeah, but to try and give myself devil's advocate. I'm like, no, that's the fucking dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like Keenan Allen, how often does he hurt? Mike Williams, seemingly always nicked. Like get those two guys off the field. And yeah. oh, Justin Herbert, yeah, and him neither. Eckler, no, none of those. Like, I, like four, those four guys off the field, and anybody else who you feel is important to your, you know, positional player tackles. I, anybody that you feel is important, get them off the field. Anybody you can afford to get off the field, I don't care. I just I thought that was awful. And uh, and Mike Williams is now like, didn't they like have to assist him onto the bus? Like, what? I mean, he was carted off. I mean, it's <laughs> right. it, it's off. Yeah, it's just God. Yeah, I mean, and you know, some other teams played their starters. Some like the Buccaneers played some yep. of their starters. Like, I think for like uh, three drives or something, four drives. I mean, it was not all that long. Like into the little into the second quarter and pulled them. But like, it was yeah, so they're... weird that they like kept playing the starters. Yes, you know, it's like. Some stuff has happened that's bad. Maybe like reconsider the plan now. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I can't. But why is it the? I just don't understand. Like, I don't. I don't know. Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. There's no upside. I, I guess the only thing you can possibly say is, I want to keep their rhythm. But I guess yeah, there's, but, there's probably something to that. But I just I, that doesn't that doesn't jive with me because the downside of losing one of your key players in a playoff game. For, for to play him in a meaningless game. I mean, I th- I would think the rest in the bye week is even more important. You know what I mean? Like we we know yeah. how important rest is. You know, and we know like the Chargers. I think especially are you know we've we saw all year like if they don't have Williams, if they don't Bingo. have Keenan, and uh, we didn't see without Eckler. But you know we can two and two. It would yes. be a problem if they lost Eckler as well. Yes. It's all like they they're not deep. They are not yeah. a deep team. So. The, yeah, it's interesting they rely because, on those four, the, the, the Eckler, yes. Herbert, you know, because they all feed each other. Like the fact that Mike Williams is a threat on the outside, it, it, it opens things up for Keenan. And of course, Eckler is then if you if you take those two things away, Eckler is is, is a dangerous weapon and, you know, so forth and so on. They're at, they play at different levels of the field and they yeah, put pressure that, yeah, on the defense. Point. Yeah, they put pressure on the defense from different places. It's not just like two outside wide receivers or something. It's it, they literally put pressure on uh, on the defense in different ways and help each other succeed with whatever, of course, the Herbert reads. And you can't let Herbert get hurt either, of course. So I just never saw that. Look, anytime I'm, I'm playing for almost nothing or, or close to nothing, I would be pulling those starters in the last week of the, of the season, undeniably. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because you have – like that narrative of kind of God, what is this coaching staff doing? And then you also have the Chargers or the um, the Jaguars on the other side. It's like, well, they didn't look great uh, no. to kind of get in in a in a win and you're in game. And so I don't know. I'm like, how are people going to actually pick this? Because it's swung back and forth. 
Yeah. You know, there was some movement to the Jags, movement back to the Chargers. Um, I feel like there's some real indecision. Has there uh, been in, has, has there been an update on uh, Lamar? Uh, it does not look like we're getting Lamar because he's still dealing with like significant knee swelling. Mm, that's terrible. Yeah, I saw the the line went up to seven and a half this morning, so I figured there was news that he was not playing because I feel like if he plays, that's maybe a four or five point line at best, and it's still holding at seven and a half. I mean, I like the I like the Bengals like <laughs> giving ten with no Lamar. Um, yeah. And I, I almost like the Ravens if they have a healthy Lamar in this game, but I just don't think it's even a possibility. So that seems like a coronation game, but it's sneaky, right? Because it's a divisional game and any chance that Baltimore can win without Lamar in this game? I mean, of course, there's always a chance, but do you see the the, the possibility here? Or do you think that this, this Bengals team that's kind of becoming a veteran team, you know, been to the Super Bowl last year, this year they've, they've fought through it and, and, you know, basically a top two seed. Um, they just handle business, you think? I do. I mean, it's the NFL, so you can't rule anything out. No, but, of course. Um, you know, I, I, I have been impressed with the way the Bengals have run their offense this year. Totally. There's no, like, they're kind of becoming like a Chiefs type of, like, Chiefs light in terms yeah. of, like, they understand what their offense is about. It's about yes. Joe Burrow. It's about T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Like, they have a massive advantage with that wide receiver duo. Um, I mean, it's like Jamar Chase is up there with all the top receivers in the league, but you, you know, you try to take him away and it opens up T Higgins. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just deadly. And they're not, you know, there's some teams, the Jaguars are actually, I think an example of this where I, they have been a little bit hesitant to really lean into the past. They're like always totally. trying to be balanced. They're always trying to be balanced. It's like, Hey, this matchup actually sets up the Titans example, the Titans matchup totally. in particular. It's like, this is a pass funnel guys. Everyone attacks the Titans through the year. Be aggressive. The Bengals yes. would not have a problem doing that. They would be very aggressive. I think they'll. I think they'll be aggressive this week, even without Lamar on the other side. You know, some other teams might might tighten up and try to play conservative because like we don't have to even score that many points to win. The Bengals, I, you know, it's Zach Taylor. Maybe he'll maybe he'll you know make me look silly for saying this, but he's kind of won me over to where I think they'll they'll have a, a smart game plan that prioritizes their own strengths. Totally agree, and I totally agree with the uh, the Jacksonville take because I was watching. There was a lot of like lazy play action boot stuff. Where I'm like, you know, Trevor was running into edge defenders just coming up the field. Like they were, they weren't fooling anybody, and they you know they ran it a, a bunch unsuccessfully. And you're right. I was just like, just sit back and let Trevor you know win this game. Maybe he was trying to protect him. I really don't know, but I agree. I was waiting for a little bit more of an aggressive pass offense in that game, and it never came. Um, but they did get lucky with the Dobbs fumble and win. So there mm-hmm. they are. But um, you, the other one that I, I think the, the chalk upset pick of the week is the Giants over the Vikings. I, for that reason, am all over the Vikings, not literally just because of going against the public. Literally everybody is saying the Giants is the, oh, watch out for the Giants here. I, I, I Obviously they have the best coach, probably, you know, top three or five coach in the NFL one of the best coaches that I can remember. I mean, what a great coaching job by Dayball, but they still have some limitations. Their defense is not awesome, so they should lose the game. <laughs> I mean, despite the fact that they're probably more evenly matched, uh, they should lose the game, no? No, I'm with you. And, uh, I mean, selfishly, like, we need more. I hope the Giants keep it close because mm-hmm. we do need some more Paul Allen calls. Have you have you seen these uh, – <laughs> the Paul Allen, the Vikings radio announcer, 
yeah. calling these these wins, these close wins. Like they've kind of gone like viral on like TikTok or whatever. Um, yeah. Well, I see them on Twitter, but I think they start on TikTok. Um, but <laughs> man, they're so they're so great. He's just like he's such a homer. He's so excited. Uh, they're just like so fun. So I we we need more of those. Um, so I, I think the Vikings winning here would be my preference. And I, I think that, you know, the Vikings will win. I do get why, you know, people are looking at this as a potential upset, though. I mean, the Vikings have won all these super close games. They're definitely not as good as their record. Um, but I, I feel like the way to attack the Vikings is a little bit more through the air. Mm, you know? Agreed. Yeah. And that's not what the Giants are going to want to do. The Giants are going to be run first, I think. Yes. Um, and it's possible that they just aren't able to be all that efficient. Uh, on offense and you know the Giants do not have a good defense you know I, I they've gotten like a little bit of of buzz around their defense but I do not think they have a good defense and you know I think Justin Jefferson will be will be just fine you know yeah they, they should be able to put up points to the air they've got a great player right Thibodeau has been just really disruptive um, and I think he probably creates a little bit of disruption that helps their defense make some big plays um, you know, whether it just even be a third down throw away, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, sometimes a pressure is a big play to get your defense off the field. So he's a little bit of an X factor. If he can, you know, play a really, you know, legendary game where he's, you know, all over the place type of thing, but you would think any coaching staff would sort of plan for that. Hey, let's, uh, let's make sure that we, you know, uh, take care of, uh, uh what is he? He's number five. Um, yeah, let's take care of five. So, um, what was I going to say? Oh, the uh, I, I'm curious, you know, sort of, you know, starting the playoffs. What's your Super Bowl pick? Who you got? Who beating who in the Super Bowl? I have my winner. I'm not sure who my loser is, so I'm, I'm going to hear what you say, and then maybe I'll, I'll I'll zig. I'll say Bills over Eagles. Bills over Eagles. <sighs> yeah. So I've got Chiefs over, and then I I just look at the other side and I see this 49er Eagle. NFC championship game feels very likely, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Right? Like, um, I mean, what team is going to come out of, you know, this weekend? I mean, 49ers, God, if they blow it this week, I just don't see that. I just see them really handling their business. And then it's like, okay, so then we get, because the Seahawks can't stop the run. I mean, they're going to get, they should get beat down, I think, right? That's the idea. I mean, they... Yeah, it's not a good matchup for the Seahawks at Terrible. all. Terrible. You yeah, can run awful. all over them, and they're gonna. That's another team that wants to be balanced. I, you know, they've actually impressed me in the sense that they're willing to pass more than I thought they would. Totally. Uh, you know, Pete Carroll. You know, you don't totally. think they're going to do that, but yeah, they're Gino not. Set the passing yards record for the team. Like it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. But saying so something. I, so I, I think we have to give them a little bit of respect in that way, that they're not yeah. going to just like run into the line endlessly. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. So, you know, and like we saw Stidham uh, put up yeah. points and, and hang with, uh, you know, the 49ers defense is quite good. So I don't think the Seahawks are like totally dead. Obviously, Agreed. they're they're big yeah. dogs, but. They're live because they've got some explosive players, both in the backfield and out wide. So I agree with that. But like, okay, so it, once you get, you know, to next week, it's like, I don't know, it's like Vikings, Giants, Cowboys, um, you know, Bucks. Against this Eagle 49er team, they're going to be big favorites. And so I really see that as a, a, a very likely outcome that we see this, you know, 49ers going to the Eagles in a 
what should be an awesome NFC championship game. Um, unless Tom Brady ruins the party. Uh, but you know, it, it should be the, it should be those two teams. And then, you know, some combination of, you would imagine chiefs, bills and, and Bengals, which if you get any of those five teams, you know, you know, in that NFC championship game, I mean, in the championship game and then in the Super Bowl, I like chiefs over Eagles. I'll take Chiefs over okay. Eagles. I, it's so, so close, 49ers. I, I'm going to give it to the Eagles just because I know they're going to win at least this week. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like the Eagles. I mean, I feel like people are getting a little bit afraid of, of how deep they can go. Um, they obviously didn't look all that great uh, against the Giants. But, I mean, you know, another week for Hurts to recover with the shoulder. And I like their – I like the way they're coached. I really do. I think – yeah. They have they have multiple paths, multiple identities. Like they can shift their game plan and attack like aggressively with different styles. And I think that helps you in the playoffs. You know, you're not just we do this, we do this one thing. What if that thing gets shut down? The Eagles can pivot. This is going to be a very radio, uh, you know, radio guy question. But do you think that there's any sense in bringing Jimmy G in at any point in this uh, in this? Uh, playoffs if he's healthy over Brock Purdy well I mean I guess you have to think of it as like okay the timeline of that would be that they're they've made the Super Bowl but they've made the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy right Bingo. so yeah that's tough right I probably I would say no yeah it, it's funny because it's like you know if I asked you five weeks ago or whatever however I mean right when Brock Purdy's starting if if somehow they can get there be like wow that'd be cool then we could have Jimmy G like you wouldn't have thought but you're right. Now that you're there, that's the guy that brought you. It's it's a it feels a little uh, it's not exactly the same, but Brady Bledsoe. Um, it does, yeah. And you know, and Purdy playing a lot like Brady played early on, right? Managing the game, making great decisions, uh, able to you know turn up the pass volume when it's time. Uh, a great defense to sort you know, except in that Raider game, that was that was kind of bizarre actually. The Stidham. I, th- I would say that the Stidham line in that game is the most improbable outcome of the season this year. It was crazy. It was totally like, crazy. Who had 363 and three on their bingo card? Literally nobody, <laughs> right? Yeah, not Josh McDaniels. <laughs> right. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I still I, I'm still trying to figure that one out because like, the 49ers are clearly the best defense in the NFL. Like that's been established. And then Jarrett Stidham with a Raider team that's been floundering, you know, uh, I, I just, I, I still don't understand how that's possible. And uh, we'll see if, uh, if it was just the, the, the magic of, of the, of the Brady lineage uh, that got him there. Cause Stidham, of course, you know, <laughs> that's what it was. All right, buddy. Well, I don't know. What are you going to do with the money? Well, um, uh, I'm trying. I'm figuring that out. Uh, I live in a one bedroom apartment, and so upgrading that to uh, to where I have an office is is first on the list. But nice. uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, there's you know, it's probably one of those things where you you want to make it work for you, and uh, I would imagine that's kind of you know what you're what you're doing, right? Gotta yeah, I'm thirty. Heavy taxes. I'm thirty six. Yeah, there's gonna be plenty of taxes, and uh, I'm thirty six, so it's like I'm not. You know, I, most of it's probably gonna be boring stuff. But I, yeah. I do, I do wanna. I'm yeah. going on a trip um, at the end of this month that was already planned, so that's nice. So I'm kind of getting the vacation. You know, yeah. doing some scuba diving, doing all that. Um, so that'll be really fun. 
And but, now, um, now you can take that trip and wear fancy sunglasses too. That's true. That's you true. Know what I mean? wear fancy fucking fancy sunglasses. sunglasses. You'd be like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I am on the trip, but also check out my sunglasses. Okay. <laughs> That's it. I like that. That's a little, little, uh, little frill to the trip. <laughs> As if, right. But, uh, but no, I mean, I, I agree. I, you know, I've, I, the funny thing about, you know, when, you know, everybody's done the thing, Hey, what if you won 700 million? What if you want? Right. So I've always said, like, if you win a million bucks, you still got to go to work tomorrow. You know, I mean, That's right. you, you know, and, but you get the opportunity to, to set yourself up a little bit. Congratulations on that, man. I know it's, it's one of those things that we're all like, you know, it's possible. One of us can do it. So you did it. Congratulations. And thanks for joining me today. And thanks for being in the Dynasty Game Theory Invitational. And thanks for just being awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Happy yeah, to be on. Everybody oh. go check out um, Pat Corain uh, at Ship Chasing. Uh, it's a great uh, pod and great show. And it's on YouTube, right, too? It's on YouTube, yep. Yeah, yeah YouTube. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. They're awesome. He's awesome, obviously. I mean, check it out. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, yeah appreciate it. Thanks so much. Pat Corain. I mean, uh, very, very cool story. Um, you know, obviously drenched in the uh, week 17 madness was Pat Corain as he was uh, just sweating his $2 million grand prize for the Best Ball Mania 3. Um, you know, unbelievable. But without further ado, I want to get my uh, <clears throat> my buddy out here. He's sitting on the couch just listening to this interview for an hour, you know. Here he is, Dan Bradley. Come on out, Dan. What's going on, my friend? What's going on, everybody? Happy to be back. Excited to be uh, talking again. It's been a couple of weeks since uh, I've been on the mic. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know we had to get you out here. You've been. Uh, you, you, you're one of these guys. Like you play. You play fantasy. You do DFS. Like you do it all. Um, you're a great dynasty player. I'm in leagues with you, but. You're one of these guys that I just put in the sort of football guy category. You know, you know the game and, um, you know, you see it from all angles. I, I love it. You're, you're one of the guys that, you know, you're, 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 you're listening to all the beat reporters. And so I love having your perspective and I think the people love it too. And no better time than we're actually talking about football. So welcome to the show, brother. Thanks. Thanks. And uh, I know before we get going, uh, you know, I started the show talking about Damar Hamlin. Uh, I just want to give a, a little shout out too, and keep, you know, everyone out there, keep praying for Peyton Hillis as well. Uh, guy saved his two kids from drowning in the ocean and he's still battling an ICU. So, you know, it was awesome to see the football world come together together for Hamlin. And, you know, hopefully we can just keep, keep prayers alive and, and keep, you know, Hillis keeps fighting, man, because giving up your life for you two kids, man, it's powerful. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, you and I are both dads and, uh, that story kind of got me too. You're, you're absolutely right, man. I, 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 yeah, that, that one was like, you know, his lungs were filling up and he's basically dying because he's literally giving his life to save his children. I mean, we can all just imagine him doing that. And uh, I think Dan, I speak for, for, for both of us and saying that I'm pretty damn sure I know I would do the same thing, but yep. I would also be sitting there going, I can't believe this is happening to me. And I, I, I just, I, you know, uh, yeah, just, I can totally empathize, I guess is what I'm getting at. So God bless that dude. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he pulls through, man. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I had, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to touch it before we, before we start, just cause I wanted to get this takeoff too. Mm -hmm. I, the Skip Bayless thing. Okay. Let me explain to the people. Very simple. I saw someone tweet this and they were right. And I probably retweeted them, but this 
is the Skip Bayless take. And this is why people were pissed off. The tweet itself, as a quote, is not that bad, period. Yeah. It's just not. It's a person trying to talk about the ramifications of the league and all that. The problem is that the biggest loudmouth douchebag in the in the sports world was the person to step forward and be like, let me grab the mic and fucking tell y'all what we should be thinking about. You know what, Skip? Shut the fuck up. You're not that guy. You're the hot take fucking drama queen. Sit your ass to the side and let the adults talk about it. And that's all it was. He was out of his element. Know your lane. It was funny because I was wondering, what should I tweet? I was so emotionally like invested in the situation. I didn't know. And then I'm thinking, and I thought to myself, are you that guy? In other words, when you tweet this or that, will the people go, thanks, Jax? Or will they be like, shut the fuck up? And I had to think about that. And I don't know if I succeeded or failed, but it was clear to me that Skip never considered that. And that's why people wanted him to go away. Yeah, and I think... What I mean, you you read if you read the whole thing or read up almost to the whole thing, it sounds really bad. Uh, but at the end, right, yeah. he says like, "But all of this is like irrelevant, reg- like ir- or, yeah. irrelevant." Yep. And I think everyone missed that part because yes. everyone was like, "We just we literally saw him die on the field, right?" Right, and he was brought back. Um, yeah, on in and of itself, he just it, he worded it terribly. So like True. the timing of it was <laughs> terrible. Yes. And the the wording of it was terrible. And like the tweet before, he's like, I'm praying for him. And then, but what's going to happen? But that's all irrelevant. But like yeah. the irrelevant at the end was like such a tuck away thing that like no yes. one got to that and part. And also, he also, it, 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 he did say that the, um, the, the, what he was saying was irrelevant. Not that Hamler was irrelevant, but he almost. The game. Yeah. People felt like he was saying that Hamler was irrelevant. I'm sure some people read it that way. <clears throat> Point being is you're just you don't have to say it because it's yeah. not important for us to hear it from you. Nobody was wondering, God, when is tw- Skip going to tweet about the ramifications of whether or not they play this game or not? No one. No one. And and what we look to him for is, um, yes, Skip is basically a loudmouth douchebag. And trust me, I know a loudmouth when I see one. And, uh, you know. I, I just think he was out of his out of his. You know, if, if Schefter jumps in there and is like, you know, there's ramifications to the game, you're like, nope, Schefter's got to fucking get in there, and we got to listen. Okay, f- thank you, Schefter. Now you move along, and now back to the emotional programming. And I don't know, man. It just that's what I think rubbed me the wrong way. And it's like he doesn't know, and he's just delusional and and, and self-aggrandizing in so many ways. Like he thinks he's so important, and I think that's what rubbed certainly me the wrong way. And I think maybe that was the underlying, uh, you know, thing that he made people feel uh, uh, about Demar Hamlin. And I think I said Demar uh, Hamler, which obviously I'm an idiot, but um, yeah, D- Demar Hamlin. And and I just think that it's like, you know, he just needed to kind of shut the fuck up. If if you say anything, just be be a nice guy. Like that's your opportunity to be like the the first tweet, you know. But he just can't help himself. And you know, <clears throat> and and the follow up, obviously, with Shannon Sharp. The next, you know, two days later, because Shannon didn't want to be around, he did it again. He just he can't help himself but be a complete douchebag and and a disrespectful asshole. And and look, it plays really well on TV. 
Um, I get it, but it just it that's what rubs people the wrong way. And I think people are over it. But you know, he's got 3.3 million followers, so it'll continue and we can just complain about it or whatever. But on this program, we're gonna call his ass out. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> you like that? I mean, I, I have nothing you, else to add on yeah. that one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just, you know, it is what it is. But you know what? We've got football, and I am so excited for it. Let's start right off the top. We're going to go right down a list. Saturday afternoon, you know, they this game does not look to be a very competitive game. It is a divisional game. Seattle <laughs> at San Francisco. Dan, you've been handicapping games all year. Uh, you, you got your feet under you late in the year. You, you, you were picking at about a 60% rate. Uh, San Francisco favored by nine and a half at home. What do we think about this game, Mr. Dan? Yeah, man, it's it's tough. I mean, in their previous two, uh, San Francisco has, has really handled their business against Geno and the Seahawks. Um, you know, nine and a half, it, it's, it, it does, it feels like a lot. And there's actually a, a few big spreads this week, which I guess yeah. is, is normal for, for wild card. But a divisional game, they're always tough. Uh, Gino, I mean, he started out great and he's kind of not looked so hot the last several weeks. So, right. you know, it's, I'll probably say this a few times going over these games. It's a spread that I don't love because it's, it's just big, but yeah. you know, the way San Francisco's playing right now, their, de- their defense, I, I would have to take the nine and a half right now. Yeah. Um, that's at least my, my, I would strongly lean that way. Uh, and you mean lay maybe, the nine and a half uh, and take San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I would take the nine and a half with yeah. with San Fran and just, you know, I'm not sure. I think we'll end up talking about quarterbacks. I don't know how I feel about Brock, but the rest of that team is so damn good. Yeah. You got to go. Well, and that's what there. we were going to talk about is the quarterbacks. And I, I think I asked, you know, because I was thinking about this, like, you know, it's it's this league is such an interesting league because if we go back a few years it used to be you just picked the best quarterback almost and you were like, that's what I'm going to do. And, and if they also had the better coach, you're like, boom, forget it. That's it. And, and, you know, we see Jared Stidham throw, I mentioned it with Pat Creighton. You you see Jared Stidham throw up three sixty three and three on the best defense in, in the league. And you're like, well, what does that mean? Like it, it, we just see so much quarterback, like Brock Purdy, the aforementioned now, is gonna, you know, was he six and oh or something like that, seven and oh, whatever it is. And it's like, yeah. So I mean, you know, you start to wonder like, what is quarterback play really in this in this league now? Everybody's got I think I don't know, man. I just can't figure that part out because usually you bet on the quarterbacks. And in this particular case, um, you know, a lot of great quarterbacks in this, in this, uh, in this field, both both AFC and NFC. And you and I were trying to figure out who would we take above who, just quarterback alone. You know, mm-hmm. who do you trust the most in this game? Who do you trust more, Brock Purdy or Geno Smith? Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I can, if I can hedge in that way. Um, yeah. I mean, between the two, I kind of like rank them in like a similar tier. I would, Me too. Um, which is the bottom. Well, the yes. second to last tier, I would say, if I were to yes. break out all the, all the wild card guys, I just, the, he I mean he has moxie, man. He's yes. he's looked good. He has a ton of uh, experience, and I think that's something that's starting to come out, especially with college quarterbacks and NFL. Yes. Is 
he played four years. Like he, he has a ton of snaps and you see guys uh, like Mac who on the flip side to talk about our Patriots for a hot second. Yeah. He only played for a year. Like he does, like he's someone that's still very fresh in football versus Purdy who has a ton of experience and, and passes thrown. So Gino, I, I get he's a vet and he he's looked fan like amazing at times this summer, yes. but or this season. I, I I think I lean Brock just purely because of Shanahan calling the plays versus yeah, Pete Carroll. It's hard to separate them. I think if yeah. you know you put Purdy on Seattle and Gino with you know the Niners, yeah, you'd be like, Gino. I like Gino. I like Gino yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, yeah, looks like that would be a good thing. You know, so I don't think it's Brock carrying them. I think it's Brock steering the ship, and he's doing yes. expert job. He's doing perfect job, and really, that's why you know, you know, Jimmy G was so successful. It's not like everybody was saying, oh, Jimmy G's this awesome. As a matter of fact, they're saying the opposite to, to the yeah. fact that he's a top level quarterback. But yet, the win loss record with him at the helm. You know, he was he was just making plays. His EPA was very high. And it's ultimately like that's it. You just need to continue to move that ship forward, allow the running game to take over, allow the defense, you know, allow everything to kind of the game plan to set in. And and that's how that team wins. And so Purdy's really great. Uh, I mentioned uh the 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 parallel, uh Purdy and you can put Jimmy G and Trey Lance in the Bledsoe bucket and Purdy the Brady bucket. But it feels eerily similar to the Brady Bledsoe situation, doesn't it? Because also yeah. Jimmy G coming back and might be able to play. And I remember Bledsoe mm-hmm. was in that yeah, spot. A- and remember, remember Brady got hurt. Yeah, and they needed Bledsoe, and oh, yeah, yeah. just that would be amazing if if that happened at some point in the playoffs. That Jimmy G is available. Purdy gets a concussion or something. I'm not praying for that, obviously, but you know, uh, it happens, and you'd love to see the drama. Yeah. And I mean, I've always loved Jimmy. I think that's just the, the from the Patriots background. And yeah. he's very much the guy like they won with him, not really because of him. Right. And Brock's the same way. And yes. when you if you're not going to have like an elite quarterback, you need that elite play caller. And that's what yeah. you have with Shanahan. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, I have this Patriots take. I've been freezing for a while. I've got my Patriots guy on. So I'll, I'll go ahead and share it with you. Ready? So here's here's how it goes. Like if you go back and you remember like. 1990s Boston fan, which yep. was me. We had won jack shit. We had won nothing. Uh, we had the the 80s uh, Celtics, and mm-hmm. you know we made it to the Super Bowl and got smoked by the Bears. We we <laughs> had a little bit of something. We hadn't <laughs> yeah. won a World Series since 19, 1918. Like it's a pretty <laughs> long drought. So we were like starving, and 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 I think when you're like right now Detroit. You know, they want they want the Minnesota. These there's certain cities that are like they are championship starved. They they want their team so bad. If they were to win, it would be this sweet, sweet nectar of victory. It'd be amazing. We don't have that. We're spoiled bitches. And so we need, as Patriots fans, we need some some tough, awful shit. And this, that's why I was okay with us losing. The fan base, the fan base needs some humbling. The team needs some humbling. We just need to eat some humble pie, get in there and just lose, and then fall in love with some Brock Purdy-like player, i.e. Tom Brady, uh, you know, reincarnate, and then run it from there. But we can't just keep winning and expect to be, like, uh, passionate about it. I mean, what it really comes down to when we talk about, like, how spoiled we've been, 
I would say the majority of the fan base, well, maybe not the majority, but a significant portion of the fan base is happy that we didn't make the playoffs <laughs> Right. because our team, like our team's like, we're not that good. We have a terrible offense because of Matt Patricia. Like our defense is okay. Our special teams has been awful all year, which showed up against Buffalo. Yep. And like, it's like, oh, thank God we didn't make the playoffs when then, yeah, you have teams that haven't w- been to the playoffs in over 10 years. They haven't won a game in like 20 years. And we're like, oh, thank God we didn't make it. Like, yeah, like the Giants. The, the level of spoiled that we are, like I recognize it, which I think is at least a good step in the right direction. But yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yes. So, yes. I mean, what, six, five Super Bowls, six Super Bowls, four World Series, Stanley Cup, Boston Celtics won the NBA. Like the 20 yes. year run that we've been on is the dumbest thing ever. Yes. So <laughs> I, I get why people hate us. I understand it. Uh, yeah, Michael, I'm sorry. Uh, Michael P. Duncan in the green room banging on the gates. We've got him muted so we can't hear him, but he's just ripping the gates off the green room right now. Listen, I get it. I understand it, but it's, it's also tough to watch when you get used to a high level quality of football. And then you saw what we had to like watch all 17 weeks and it was a nightmare. Yeah, but I think it's it's one thing you said. Uh, it's one. It's a step in the right direction to know it. 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 I don't know if it is or isn't because you can't undo it. You have to like. You have to walk through pain to understand what joy is. And you know, the, I'm telling you, man, we need to bottom out a little bit. It's just the you know. I'm just saying it is what it is. It's like you just can't. You can't organically. It needs to be organic. You can't. You know, make it happen. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm prepared for it. I'm, I I want to love a. Uh, a uh, 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 an upstart team that is not, uh, you know, projected to win. That's the team I want. So as soon as that happens, I'll be ready to stand behind them. This team was embarrassing. They were an absolute shit show. So it's Patricia. Yeah, I hate honestly, Patricia. it's so fucking bad. And, you know, we're not going to go there right now, but there's probably the, the, the Belichick era might be over. Two years. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate to years. say it because I, you know, I would just let him coach for as long as he wants to. Lifetime achievement award or whatever. It's like the Tom Landry situation or whatever. You just let the old man stand on the sideline until he wants to walk off. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. You know, but the, the problem is, is who you're going to get, what are you going to do, and it, it, that could be the so real pain. That's so. the thing, and like you hear, like people call into like Boston yeah. Sports Radio, like we got to fire him, and it's no. like. You have to like watch all of these other football games every yes. week to realize how much shit coaching there is. Yes. Like throughout the majority of the NFL, just like yep. terrible clock management, terrible play calling, terrible like penalties, like all of these things. It's like you guys need to look at other teams and realize yeah. like Belichick having us at eight and nine with a defense, a bad defensive coordinator calling the offensive plays. Like, <laughs> yes. As good. bad, as bad as like it was, like. It could yes. be significantly worse. Yes. So people absolutely. that want Belichick fired, I think, are insane. You know, the, uh, last year I used to get the the, the DMs and the tweets of, I, I want to hear a forty five minute monologue on Mac Jones. You know, because I would talk too much about the Patriots. <laughs> that ends the Patriots talk for today. Uh, but I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, hey, Tyquan Thornton won uh, won Pat Corain uh, two million bucks. So eat yes. it patriots win again and brady did too Woo. so hey it was brady tyquan thornton and jacoby myers in his lineup so you know hey Love it. you know you got to stick with with pats and former pats to win money in this in this league uh speaking of money in this league 
Herbert and Trevor Lawrence meet on mm. Saturday night. I'm actually very excited for this game. I was very excited to watch Trevor Lawrence. I mentioned this with Pat Corain. Uh, uh, I wanted to see Trevor Lawrence uh, against Tennessee, and it was not good. I think he was he, bad. Yeah, it was bad. I think he bounces back, or at least he damn well better bounce back in this game. And I'd love to see a nice little you know shootout here, a you know up mm-hmm. and down sort of uh, you know game where both quarterbacks are showing off a bit. So, what do you think? Do you think we got a chance at that? I mean, I I would love it. I, I think you know one of the big things is like Jacksonville has essentially been playing playoff games now for like the last month. Right. So, I mean, they could be hitting a wall just yeah. just because that's just how it works. I mean, you, you get teams like this every year that they get hot because they have to fight for their life. And then it's like they finally get there, but they use so much energy just to get to the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, he looked he looked rough last week. Yes. It was uh, and it looks like Joey Bosa is, is set to play. I, I was just like looking at Twitter and it looks like he's going to be back. Uh, Mike Williams still questionable i don't think he even practiced today such a such a smart move having him in the game daily what a this is what i'm talking about all right okay we don't do patriots talk but like this is what i'm talking about just like idiotic dumb coaching unbelievable there was no no, they could gain nothing from that game and you played your starters i mean herbert got rocked a couple of times bosa went out mike williams couldn't walk off the goddamn sideline like what are you doing yes you're trying to win a super bowl I can't even, I can't even, I can't understand. Like if you and I were co-head coaches of that team, like what would be the thing that you'd say to me that would get me to be like, now maybe we should play him. Like I can't fucking fashion a a commentary that would be like pretty compelling. Maybe we should throw him out. I I, what the fuck are we talking about? Like the conversation would be, should we play him? No. Right. Yep. Absolutely not. Okay, cool. Like it would be open, shut, done. Yeah, it's it's mind boggling, and then it's so then you get to a game like this where it's like okay, Jacksonville can put up points, and the Chargers' defense is okay, but they're streaky. I don't. I mean, I I think I I still lean the Chargers minus two. Yeah, um, me too. Because I just I have more faith in in Herbert and Keenan Allen. Yes, I have significantly more faith in Doug Peterson. Yes, but Jacksonville still. Jacksonville is still really young. Um, and I don't know the way that they played against Tennessee wasn't very inspiring. No. And I think they might, I think they might just be hitting a wall um, yes. for, for this last month and a half or so. Yes, I agree. Um, I, I quick, a uh, quick um, raw meat for the dynasty listeners. Uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, dynasty. I mean, is he now in that tier of Burrow and Herbert or? Not for me. I think he's right below that. Uh, I'd probably put him off the top of my head, probably around QB six, QB seven. That's in there. I think that's probably right around there. Yeah. Burrow probably like five ish. So like, yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's right there. I mean, he he's certainly the linchpin between that, you know, that, that group. So, yes. but you know, he's, he's He's certainly ahead of now Dak and Kyler, would you say? Yeah, especially with um, Kyler in the ACL. A uh, little worried about the mobility factor because so much of his game is predicated yeah. getting out of the pocket because he's so short he can't see. So if that's going to impact him for sure 2023, which then impacts Dynasty rankings, so on, so on, and so on. So yeah, I think he's above, above that. Dak has been... 
I think I wrote it in my notes for this. He really has not looked the same since that gruesome ankle injury when like that True. five games before then. Yep. Since then, like he's been okay. He's shown flashes of the same play, but like I feel like he hasn't been the same guy. Right. I agree. So, yeah. yeah, I would definitely have Lawrence over both of them in, in Dynasty. Yeah, I think it, for me, he's in with those three guys. Like, I'll put it this way. If I'm on the clock in a Dynasty Superflex and all three of those guys are on the board, it, you know, and someone wants to trade up from whatever, pick fucking seven to pick four, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm happily happy to trade back and give up the Burrow sort of Herbert tier just so I can land Lawrence plus. I really yeah. think he's in that in that spot. Um, you know, I I do put him behind those guys though for sure. But I would certainly take the plus to 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 take him. But I think he's closer to that than you know this massive tier break where I'm like, yeah. no no no, I got to get one of these guys over Trevor Lawrence, and I think he's going to grow again. He grew big time uh, this past season. Obviously, the yeah, awesome. you know the stinky thumb had a lot to do with it. But I'm just going to say, you know, he did what he needed to do. He got his team to the playoffs. It's not a great roster. Nobody was picking them to, to win the division. I mean, you know, maybe a little fancy picks here and there, but everybody thought it was Indianapolis or Tennessee. Jacksonville's yeah. comes up. Uh, they win the division. They get to the playoffs and, you know, they've got a, they've got a, a strong quarterback's chance of winning this game. And that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So that's where they're at. And I think that's uh, and he's in his second year in the league. So I think the wheels are all the way up for Trevor Lawrence. I do like uh, the chargers in this game with broken Mike Williams for no good mm-hmm. reason. Move to Sunday and that, that. Oh, that, I also like the over oh, in that game, it. by what? the way. I think the over under is 47 and a half. And I, I like the over. I do yeah. like the shootout idea. I think those two teams can put up points. They should. Even right? without I mean, Mike Williams. I think they still should. Oh my God. Yeah. Just brutal. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's going to ha- look if I put it this way, I think the chargers look, if they don't, you have to put up points in this game. I mean, what else are you waiting for? You know I mean? Mm-hmm. You have Herbert, you know, just just run and gun this shit. You know, the the this Jacksonville team showed a lot of weakness on the defensive side of the ball against Dobbs and you know this uh, Tennessee team. I mean, yeah, they they can be gotten. So I agree with you hundred uh, percent. Miami at Buffalo. As much as our Patriots uh, should yeah. not really be in the playoffs, and Pittsburgh didn't win enough games, and I'd much mm-hmm. rather see one of those two teams. Um, you know, shoot, you can go further down the list. There's probably some teams I'd rather have in this game than a Tua-less Miami Dolphins giving yeah. or getting 13 points in Orchard Park. I still think I'm leaning in Buffalo. What yeah. say you? I mean, if it, if there was like a healthy Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, it wouldn't be 13 points at that point. Mm-hmm. But all Teddy does is cover, so I, I would look to that. But it yep. sounds like it's not – Teddy probably doesn't going to play either. So if it's Skyler – uh, yeah, I I have to take Buffalo in yeah, Orchard Park. Spaz. Yeah, he, he's not he's not good. Yeah, I mean their their game against the Jets was atrocious, so they won't be able to put up points, and their defense is not going to stop Buffalo. No, so and Buffalo is going to be insane. And like you said, if if Hamlin's in the stadium at all, or you put his face on the the scoreboard, the place is going to go. Bonkers. Yes. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm taking the, the country's going to go bonkers. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be like yeah. I mean, if he can somehow, I don't know what his you know health condition is. I know he's out of the hospital, which is just amazing. Yep. So I guess there's a possibility he could be at the game. I don't know like what that's all about, you know. But like if that's possible, 
oh my god like oh my yeah, god I'm, like luxury box it. or something oh you know? it would be yeah it would it would be it would just be good to see too as like at the human level yeah but yeah buffalo is going to be insane i i'd have to take the minus 13 there i think they they run away <laughs> yeah. with it yeah like at what point would you just be like uh like because minus 17 you're probably still taking like 18 you'd be like oh shit you know but 38 20 they're not getting 20 they're getting 30 so i don't know you know it's like they're gonna score points it's gonna be a it's gonna be a runaway i think and look at the end of the day we see a lot of crazy things happen i just don't think this is gonna be one of them (laughs) i would be i would be shocked I mean, if they cover, okay, but like if it's anything within like a, a true single score, that would be shocking. Yeah, we we talked about the the quarterbacks, right? And it was like, um, you know, put them in a put them in some sort of order of who you would trust, and it's just for this playoff. So it's like, you know, it's mm-hmm. not lifetime achievement award that Brady's the best. Of course, he's one, you know, one for that, and. You know, okay, if you're building a franchise, you take Mahomes. Okay, he's one for maybe you still like one of those two guys, but it's just who do you trust in these playoffs? And, you know, I think there may be a few different tiers, but there is specifically a tier with Skylar Thompson in it, and it's the bottom one. The only other person that enters that tier is someone named Anthony Brown. If, oh, if, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Tyler Huntley. Yeah, I mean, oh, my God. Anthony Brown has to play because, you know, Lamar sounds like he's out. I mean, mm-hmm. which is also just brutal. But Tyler Huntley may be out. He's He did not throw a pass during the uh, yeah. the the practice on Wednesday. I, I know this is going to drop on Thursday and, you know, whatever happens on Thursday, this might all change. But, you know, if Anthony Brown, whoever that is, plays – he's in the Skylar Thompson, uh, yep. you know, uh, irrelevant tier. I mean, there's no chance they're, they're, they're mounting a, a meaningful comeback down, you know, more than no. nine, you know, uh, no. the ball game's over. You're up, go up 10 the ball games over with these two guys. So that's just, that's just not good for those guys. Yeah. We might see some, some pretty horrific quarterback play from those two this weekend. Yes. Especially because look, they're, they're, in a playoff game, there's pressure to score. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like, uh, you know, hey, well, let's just play, a, you know, this kind of game safe and see what happens. No, no, there's pressure to score. It's a very intense game. It's winner take all. So they're going to be pressing a little. And when a bad quarterback presses a little, <laughs> especially a spaz like Skylar Thompson or whatever his stupid yeah. name is, uh, he, he's going to he's going to make big mistakes. That's why I really like Buffalo to, to win going away in, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, moving to the next game, I guess. Hey, by the way. Should I take my Gabe Davis medicine right now? You know, I I haven't brought it up all year, but uh, how how do you do this year? Terrible. I mean, he's been awful. He, yeah, you know, it's like he didn't get the targets. Uh, it was like I think just under a hundred, which is what I said. I mean, he did have a couple big games, but he never really got like he just needed one or two more big games, and it would have been kind of what I thought. So he fell short of that, and it's he certainly fell short of what wide receiver 24 or whatever it was in best ball. He fell well, well short, short of that. Um, ironically, everybody was waiting for week 17 shootout versus the Bengals. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and of course the, the DeMar situation, that game gets canceled. So everybody was even waiting for that sort of fireworks display, which by all, by all accounts could have still happened for him in that game. Right. I mean, we don't know what would have happened, but you know, Outside of that, it was very, very pedestrian or worse. So not a very good uh, run out for Gabe Davis this year. 
I mean, how insane is he only had one game over a hundred yards and in that game he had three catches for one seventy one. Yeah. I mean that's insane. Yep. But yeah, every other yep. game he just three, four catches, not that much yards. Yeah, he'd catch a touchdown here and there, but he uh he did not pan out. I uh I was not on the Gabe Davis train at all yeah. this summer, and that that worked out for me. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I've been kind of the monkey in the middle because I, I definitely <laughs> was not like, what he's going to be the wide receiver one. I said he had upside to do that, and mm-hmm. you know he ended up. Fin- I think he finished wide receiver like thirty five or something like that. So that's not awesome at all. But I'm not saying especially like he wasn't irrelevant. Yeah, I mean he he just was really bad, especially on a per play basis because he played a ton. Yeah. Um, yep. you know, his look, the bigger, the bigger indictment for me was his catch percentage, mm-hmm. which was bad. And a lot of people will defend him by saying, um, you know, well, he's a downfield player. He gets really deep targets, contested catches and all the rest of it. It's like, that is true, but he was bad. Even on those mm-hmm. types of plays, he did not deliver. And I think, you know, they will look to probably replace him. Uh, yeah. as a starter next offseason. He is in, in grave danger because this was his opportunity and he did not deliver. So just, you know, hey, I'm Bayesian. I call it like it is. I had someone, uh, you know, congratulate me on Twitter for, you know, saying this uh, in a little tweet reply or whatever. It's like, yeah, dude, it is what it is. I'm not like, it's not my fucking brother. So I don't know. Fucking, he's just a football player. Um, but yeah, it did not pan out. Moving on. What's the next game, Dan? Uh, Actually... An interesting game, uh, Giants plus three in Minnesota. Yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of like the Giants there. I kind of like, I kind of like the dog. I got to be honest. You know, the only problem with liking the dog here, everyone's going to like. Yep. yep, and yep. everyone is always wrong. This is true. The, always. The square bets are – they're square for a reason. Sometimes oh, they hit, but they uh, never hit. fading but the public is a very is good gonna strategy. This is going to be like 70 or 80% giant money. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. And if that's a thing, it's like when you, sometimes you see that and you're like, well, fuck, I guess I got to go Minnesota. Yeah. And but, I, uh, actually, I bet it's yeah. uh, 70 or 80%, close to 80% giants uh, action. But I bet you the money might come in on the mm-hmm. Vikings. Yeah, the Sharps. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, it's – I, and I, I get it. I get why. I mean, Minnesota, they're just – what did they end up with? 13 wins? Like, a, like <laughs> has to be like the, like le- legitimately like the worst 13 win yes. team in NFL history. Well, the worst 13 win plus minus in NFL yeah, history. Yeah, yeah, that's bet, what I mean. Yeah. I bet that's 100% yep. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, I mean, this game is uh, – I don't know. Do you, does 430 count as a primetime game? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say all playoff games are prime time, all right? Playoff I don't games know. are prime time. Yeah, and if you look at Kirk Cousins and playoff games, uh here, let me look it up real quick. He yeah, he's he's uh one and two as a starter. One game in 2015 with the Red uh, excuse me, can I say that? The Redskins. Uh and then uh he started two games in 2020 uh at New Orleans a win, at San Francisco a loss. In his two losses as a starter, he took six sacks. Um, you know, let's face it, sometimes that can be one of his problems. He did not turn the ball over. He's only had one interception and one fumble loss 
in his playoff career. So he hasn't had that blow up game as a mm-hmm. uh, playoff starter. Uh, if we call those playoff games, primetime games, as you asked the question is uh, our playoff games, primetime games, they sure are. Um, yeah. And he just hasn't been great, but hasn't been bad. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see, man. I mean, he's, I, I really like Minnesota in this game, to be quite frank with you. I think this uh, this uh, Giants team has won because of coaching. And look, coaching matters in the playoffs. But, you know, yeah. home game for Minnesota, they're going to be fired up. Uh, they've got really good talent all over the football field, of, of course, with don't forget TJ Hawkinson, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook's obviously very good. Uh, I think I know who you're going to mention as the X factor on the other side. So what do you think of, uh, of, of my take here? Yeah. I mean, I don't hate it. Like I said, I, I, I immediately want to take the giants, but like you said, that's where everyone is going to be. And I do think that matters. Uh, I, I mean, I'm trying to see if you can get, there's anything. Yeah. It looks like it's minus three across the board. Yeah. I was trying to see if there's any sites that you could at least get the hook. Because I could see it being a close game, I think, right? They have 11 one-score wins where it's likely going to be a close game. So yes. I guess if if the – I'd pay attention to the lines. If it yes. gets any bigger, then I, w- I would feel more comfortable uh, taking the Giants with uh, with the points. I think it's going to um, go the other way. I mean, if it's going to get bet anyway, it's going to get bet to the Giants side, I think. Well, and that's the case, then I'll, I like the Vikings then. I mean, if you it know. gets like minus two and a half, minus one and a half, minus one or something crazy. like Yeah, I don't think it'll go that far, but it could go two and a half two or and two. A half. I mean, if you can just get two and a half even. Get over, get over the field goal would be yes. huge. Yes, that'd so, be huge because yeah. then, you, then you, you win the field goal game. I think I yep. told, I don't know if you heard the episode I was talking about Kirk Cousins. Uh, it was at the time they had 12 wins. In mm-hmm. their 12 wins, Kirk Cousins has eight game-winning fourth-quarter drive comeback wins. Yeah, it's, in, it's insane. So. I mean, they, it's like it's crazy impressive. And at the end of the day, your record is your record. But yeah. they they just you know yeah they can handle the Giants. But round two, I guess we'll we'll see who they get in a matchup. But I just I don't have faith in them long term. Their defense is not good. You know, they have, um, <clears throat> excuse me, he has, um, let's see, uh, one, he has um, one, two, three, four, you know, uh, multi-interception games. He has, uh, th- this year does uh, Kirk Cousins. He has the early one with three picks and a terrible game, lost to Philadelphia. Oh, um, yep. <clears throat> he threw two picks in the win against Buffalo, if you remember that crazy game. What an yep. unbelievable game that was. How did the B- Buffalo obviously should have won. They couldn't execute a quarterback sneak on their own goal line. Um, the game. Indianapolis game that was obviously one of another unbelievable game, the 33-point comeback. Mm-hmm. He had two picks in the first half of that game. And then the loss uh, at Green Bay, he had three picks. Other than that, he did not have multiple pick games all season. You know, he just – he was really good, man. I mean, that's the thing with Kirk Cousins. He takes care of the football. And and it's, like, funny when you say these things about him because then you go, no, he doesn't, dude. He fucking throws picks all over the place and he's a yep. train wreck. Well, he's, and it's like – He's super streaky. Yeah, it's you're like, like, no, he none doesn't. Or he's, three. Yeah. yeah, he's amazing. He just – he's so steady and you're like, no, 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 he's not. And you're like, yeah, he is. So it's very interesting to see what happens. He's been taking more and more sacks as the year went on. Um, that's the thing that really gets me. You know, he took six sacks in the two losses as a playoff 
uh, starter. If he starts just eating the ball, you know, and just taking sacks and that could be where he maybe has a, a fumble and a, you know, uh, yeah. return for a touchdown type of thing. And so I would yeah, just Kayvon be careful Thibodeau. for him sort of, you know, turtling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau could easily, easily be a game wrecker. And, and in the playoffs, that's, that's what matters. If you have a game wrecker off the edge, I mean, you, everything can turn on its, on its side. And Kirk Cousins really like, he's like the classic and I fall in victim this too, where it's like, he's the classic. Like if you look at the stats, you're like, he's a good quarterback. Then you watch him play and you're like, shit, man, I don't really know. So the, the, you know, the tape versus analytics type thing that we talk all the time about, you know, rookie, rookie drafts and like, what's the value in it? Kirk Cousins is like that for the NFL where it's like his stats look good. And then you watch him play and you're like, I, I, I don't see it. Yeah, so he's, he's one of those guys that guy. he's an you don't want to have money on. You're terrified mm-hmm. if you're betting on him, and you're also terrified if you're betting against him. Somehow he's the yep. same same guy. Yep. Um, the, the the last game, actually, you could have gotten, I think it was six and a half. Um, the Bengals will be hosting the Ravens. It's It jumped up to seven and a half. Now it's up to eight and a half. I think it's because of the yep. Anthony Brown music coming from the Ravens locker room. <laughs> <laughs> that thing could get well over 10 if, if Anthony Brown is announced the starter. Um, yeah. So if you got anywhere close to six or seven, I think seven would have been fine. I mean, when I heard it was yeah. sub seven, I was like, you got to be smoking crack. This team is not – I just don't see the Ravens going into Cincinnati and doing jack shit. That's just me. Um, no, I, I, I agree love with you. the Bengals in this game. I feel like when they scheduled this game, like they must have th- – like they really must have thought that Lamar Lamar was playing cuz like Sunday night yeah. is a premier time slot to yes. to to put that there. So the fact that he's not playing and it's, it's going to be a blowout. I mean, I guess you're going to get viewers cuz people love Burrow and Jamar Chase and and everybody, but that's going to be a gross game. I it's eight and a half. I'm I'd I'd smash eight and a half now before it gets even higher. I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, I just don't see, I mean, I know the Ravens, the coaching, the history, the toughness, the, the yeah. whole thing. I believe in the infrastructure there. I really do. But uh, yeah, that's just going to, they're going to have a hard time moving the ball. And let me just tell you, um, they've got some really, really special offensive talent on the other side of the football that I don't think will be, uh, you know, overwhelmed by the moment. They're going to be ready to go. Night yep. game in Cincinnati. This team is ready to go. I just I think Cincinnati absolutely rolls. Um, yep. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. <clears throat> Moving to the game that I think, you know, it's so funny, man. Cowboys fans deserve this, don't they? <laughs> no. No, they don't. <laughs> they deserve it, man. They, they are, they're, they're just all so, so sensitive about this whole thing. They hate Dak. They don't know what to do. They – what Cooper Rush still started for like they're they just deserve to go into Tampa Bay and let Tom Brady beat their asses and then for Brady oh. to get smashed <laughs> in the next week. Like this is Dallas is gonna lose in some awful fashion. And it's just I can't wait for it. It's gonna be great. Uh I mean that I would say yes, they deserve that. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, they don't deserve the win. Why what do they deserve the win for? Uh yeah, I just I'm not a believer. I I was a massive Dak fan. Me too. I've cooled on him a bit. I I still think he's a top 15 guy, obviously, but closer to 15 than he is to five. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Right, just not gonna happen. 
And, and, and you know what? That team is awful. Like they're terrible, but they got a little bit of offensive line help back. Didn't they get, uh, is Worfs playing now? I think Worfs is back. Jensen, I believe is supposed to be back last I saw. Um, I think their backup center got hurt last week, but <laughs> I, that if Jensen's back, that, that means a little bit less, Yeah, but they like, and their defense is like, it's the same team overall. I mean, essentially the same team. They just like, they didn't need to turn it on. But if anyone can turn it on, it's going to be a Tom Brady-led team. And, yep. you know, historical stats, Brian will hate me for this, but Brady has never lost against Dallas. You know, I'm just I'm going to keep rolling that out there. So uh, I'm taking, yeah, I'm taking the Bucks at home plus two and a half until Tom Brady is, is dead and buried. I'm not betting against him. I'm with you here. I'm with you. And what a tough you know, draw. It was a tough draw from the beginning for Dallas to have to go on the road, you know, mm-hmm. um, just because they, they've been like one of the better teams, like, you know, for them to have to go on the road to face this team is somehow not fair. Um, you know, they, they've got like four or five more wins than, than the, than the bucks. Yeah. yeah you know what I suck. mean? <clears throat> but that's the way that's the fucking rules, man. So, you know, they're going to be there and it's going to be really, I mean, They'd rather if they could pick their opponent, they would be like, I guess home. I mean, they the Giants or something. Like, give us somebody. Like, I don't want to play this yeah. damn Tom Brady at home team. So yeah, this is this is one of those games. It's going to be really entertaining no matter what because e- either team down fourteen, it's not over. Like legitimately. So yeah. this is going to be one of those games that you know more than likely comes down to the fourth quarter and who's going to execute. And generally, that's Tom Brady. Yeah, and even it's tough. I mean, I think so much has to do with Todd Bowles. Yeah, because they're often. I mean, the offensive line has been so bad. I know. I mean, Brady set right. Uh, compl- was it attempts uh, record, completion record, like all of these stuff, or at least for age, um, he hasn't looked the same. But he also hasn't looked terrible. I mean, he still has an arm. You can still see him sling it. I mean. I, I think the offensive line has been their biggest issue. Yes. And then just like weird play calling too, where like no play action and stuff. Yeah. It's been yeah weird. Just, just been bad. So I think, I don't know, hopefully they just let Tom and Tom take over and let him do his thing. But their team itself is still full of like players that can easily go and make the NFC championship game. It wouldn't shock me. Totally. I'm with you. I, I, I prefer the bucks and the points for sure. Um, but we'll, we'll see. It was three. It's moved to two and a half. So I think we're not alone. Um, yeah. All right. Real quick. If I had to ask you, uh, this is off the cuff cause I didn't mention this to you, but it's, it's pertinent. Uh, if I had to ask you who is the wide receiver MVP for fantasy football? Ooh. Right. So take a moment. You folks listening at home, think about this. Who was the wide receiver MVP for fantasy football this year. And I think many would say, well, it's Justin Jefferson. He was fucking awesome. And it's true. He was clearly the best wide receiver on the planet this year. And he scored you one point in your Super Bowl. So you can't really call him the fantasy MVP because he didn't deliver you a Super Bowl. If you won a Super Bowl with Justin Jefferson, it wasn't because of him. It was in spite of mm-hmm. him, period. Now, you got there because of him, period. I get it. But who's a guy who got you there and delivered in the fantasy playoffs and was a uh, top 10 wide receiver? 
I mean, if you if you kind of take ADP into account, I think AJ Brown has to be up there. Yep. About, uh, I think he was like the tenth guy Lamb. on the board. CD Lamb's another one. Had, CD delivered. CD yeah. went over a hundred yards in weeks 15, 16, and seventeen. Yeah. He delivered. He was awesome all year. Consistent. He had the week one scuffle with Zach getting hurt. And he was like eleven targets, two catches, and we all panicked. And then it was Cooper Rush. And his numbers were pedestrian. And then he really came on late. But he was at least good enough early. It's not like you were ever benching him. So he was always in your yeah. lineup. And he was a good point getter all season long, aside from maybe one or two games. And in the and when it meant the most, C.D. Lamb delivered for us in 15, 16, 17. So in a lot of ways, you could, you could call C.D. Lamb the fantasy wide receiver MVP. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that at all. I mean, you hear especially when one? it matters most. You want to hear another uh, one? Crazy you say. See if you got another one. I'm trying to think of who you're going to say in oh, weeks 15, 16 and 17. Are, are you looking at like that specifically? A little bit. Yeah, one of them did that. I mean, okay. yeah, you want a guy who was really good and delivered in the Devonta Smith. Devonte Smith. Devonte Smith. Yeah. I mean, he, I, you know, I mentioned it on the pod a few weeks ago. He's moved way up in my dynasty rankings just because, mm-hmm. I mean, this kid's proving it. He is proving that he is the real deal. And, you know, things will change over the next 10 years of his career when he, you know, goes from 22 years old to 32. And, you know, I get it. He's going to have some ups and downs, but I think he's going to be just fine every single year. You know, post him up. He's a he's a thousand yard candidate and, a, you know, multi, multi, multiple, uh, you know, digit touchdown scorer candidate every single year especially if they can keep this team together i mean good lord um you know as as jalen hurts grows as a passer and as they try to protect him as a rusher let's face it you know once you start paying the guy and he's gonna get he's gonna get the bag soon you know they they tend to run a little bit less once they get the money everybody's invested in this guy um you know and he's throwing the ball pretty damn well so Devonte smith absolutely yeah, actually, I'll shout out the producer here, Michael P. Duncan, uh, Scott Fishbowl drafting. I was, I remember, I was on the clock and I was, I DM'd him. I'm like, dude, what do I do? I do I really uh, take Devonta here? Am I worried about AJ Brown? And he steered me correctly. I picked my guy, and he uh, helped me get, you know, decently far into the playoffs. So, uh, shout out Dunk, shout out Devonta Smith. You uh, you helped me out a lot this summer. This by season the way, as well. by the way, Mister Mister AWL Sabermetrics, you know. You know who finished first amongst all undroppables, don't you? Uh, not me. I know me. that. You did it. Me. You did it, my man. I finished 38th. Now, I will ask you this. That's what awesome. do you th- what what feat do you think is more impressive? Me finishing 38th out of 3000 in the Scott Fishbowl <laughs> or Pat Corain winning 2 million dollars and be honest, which one's more impressive? I mean, how many people are in the best ball? <laughs> Who knows? I, just, it's $22 million. You I mean, know, did he have to go up against 3,000 people? You know, <laughs> I, I, asked Pat, I asked Pat, I said, would you trade it all in just to have won my dynasty league? You know, it's like, you know, uh, yeah. No. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. imagine anything like that. How cool, dude. And he Oof. had to sweat, man, because he was up after Sunday's game he was like you know I mean you're pretty sure you're not gonna hold you know yeah. just because it's a shootout game there's some sort of weird shit's gonna happen someone's gonna have a three touchdown oh fuck I didn't see you know 
Tyler yeah. Boyd, whatever, whatever it is, it's something's going to get you one way or the other. And you know, he could have finished, I guess, as low as like 11th, which would have been like 10 G's or as high as first, obviously, which was 2 yeah. million. So like <laughs> literally like he's sitting there with the sweat <laughs> of a fucking lifetime. And then of course it extends and everything. So yeah, I mean, but I tell you, you know, if I had to play, I wouldn't have won because I had Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. but if I had played and remember, we talked about it in the, in the group chat, I had, uh, a Quanko, uh, Higby, and Cade Otten as my tight ends. And I said, who yep. should I play? And I ended up playing a Quanko over Higby. And Higby went mm-hmm. fucking nuts in uh, week 16 to get me yeah. into the finals. And I, I just missed the finals by like two points. Had I played I a Quanko, I would have been, I mean, a Higby, I'd have been like second. And then I would have lost whatever. I would have lost the it would have whatever. It would have finished a few spots ahead. But you know, I would yeah. I would have at least been alive uh, in the top thirty for the last week. But to no avail. To no avail. Yeah. I missed it. Now, what are you gonna do, Brian? Right, BPO FSU shouted out Baker Mayfield loves his tight ends. <laughs> yes, he did. He he was right. I should have listened to him. <laughs> yeah. As it turns yeah, out, I'm happy that I, I wouldn't have won it. But like, if Justin Jefferson would have went off and. I had like J- Jefferson Higby and you know I mean uh, Higgins Lamb ETN. Oh, yeah. I had Geno oh, Smith and Dak and like whatever. It was a good mm-hmm. team. It worked out really. Well. I had ETN and Pollard, but Pollard didn't play, so it, it yep. was my my week seventeen team was not that good with Jefferson and Pollard out and whatever. It was it, I wouldn't have won it. So, um, but yeah, if I would have quote unquote won it had I played Higby, you know, I would have fucking killed myself. Not not really because it was for no money. So. <laughs> But if the two million was on the line, I'd find a yeah. you know, find a short bridge and throw myself off it. Long walk on a short bridge. Yeah, long walk, short bridge. Thank you, thank you for making it for me. What else is going on, Dynasty? Hey, by the way, uh, I got one. I got another one. We, we got to get going at some point here. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins, go trade for him right now. He's very low value in Dynasty. People looking to get off him, especially for draft picks. Look to acquire. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, because he's going to get traded, they say. And I mm-hmm. buy that. He posted on his Instagram or whatever. I was I saw him on social. He was like, he kind of showed himself in a, a Cardinal uniform and like flexing. And it was something like, so grateful is all he said. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like a quiet farewell, you know? I think he's just sort of saying, hey, you know, thank you guys. Um, before it happens, it, that came out at the same time the blurb came out about them. They will trade him. It wasn't like they were looking to trade him. It was like, they will trade him this offseason, something like that. Yeah, you know, I saw the that quote too. Was, the GM's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah this yeah. is going to happen. And so I think as soon as he gets traded, wherever he goes, he's going to go someplace. Wherever he goes, they're going to be like, he's there. And it's going to be exciting and his value is going to spike. There's probably one spot that, I mean, maybe just because I'm from around here, that his value oh, might not spike. Oh, don't do it. The he's rumors the are there. Cliff, Cliff and Nuke to New England. That's those are the rumors. It's gonna happen, <laughs> isn't it? Uh I you know, it, it might. Belichick does love him. Yes, he does. He does. I tell you, that's not and the worst Cl- thing. No, because I think Mac would just like feed him the ball like fifteen times a game. Yeah. Well, whoever but the I, quarterback is value value wise, it probably would tank him. But yeah. play wise, I think it, he would be okay. Yeah. I mean, he'd be so, the number one, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I think I think no matter where he goes, he's. I mean, regardless, it doesn't matter because, like you said, the value wise, like he's going to be thirty-one years old or he's yes. thirty-one years old right now. Like, 
no one wants him in dynasty. So you can get him for far cheaper than what he's going to produce. Correct. Buy him for what? I mean, what do you think he goes for? Uh, No more than a second. Yeah, no yeah, more than a second. You, you, you know, spend a and, second, let him die on your roster, but you're going to get two years, good years out of him, probably at least one. Yeah, I mean, I think you could fashion pick. a trade where you like send a couple of thirds and like, you know, especially on the clock too. But like a, a, a you know, yeah. a, a player that like we all know is awful, or a couple of them, but like they have still some name recognition. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not sure who, but you know, someone who like you know, like a young player with hope that you know you yep. think is good or whatever. You could probably trade him. Like you could probably do something like send Zay Tyler Jones. Algier, mm. get Hopkins plus. I bet. Probably like, like honestly, you could yeah. probably move from like, you know, you could be like, send, send Algier and a fourth and, you know, get Hopkins and a third or something. I bet you could do that. Yeah. I mean, I like him. I think, Especially with seconds, I, th- I think right now, like if you like dynasty, I mean, talking about dynasty game theory, you get some obviously some great picks in the second round, but yes, as still, I mean, what is like I, I know people have done it, but like the hit rate in even in the second round is down into like what the twenty percent or way less. I, I do like seconds though. A lot of times, I mean, that's where you find T Higgins and stuff like that. That's where Jalen Waddle was mm-hmm. found oftentimes. So I'm a little bit careful. I think the early second versus the late second is a difference. Yeah. Because it's like leftover first round picks or shit, who do I take here? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there is a difference. I think, you know, when you talk about early first, late first, sometimes it's like, eh, whatever. I mean, honestly, you know, the pick four versus pick eight, it's like, I'm getting a good dude, man. It's, you know, I'm probably going to pick the wrong guy at four anyway. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, the difference between four and eight in the second round sometimes can be like the tier break. That's Matt. Yeah, that can be big. You know, we don't know when the tier break is in each draft until you get there and you're like, there it is. You know, I mean, uh, that's the worst, right? You're on you the know? clock and you're like, shit, this, it was, it was two picks ago. That's right. Yeah. yeah so oh, it's always there. <laughs> it's always there. And the second you feel it and you're like, nah, I'm just yep. swinging for the fences now. But early yep. in that second, you're usually like, no, this is, this is a for sure guy. Um, so yeah, I, I, I thought that was another interesting thing right now, especially, I mean, it, you don't have to hurry. I'm, I don't know that that trade's going to happen, you know, very, very quickly, but you know, you, yeah. so I think you want to try and acquire him, you know, at the right time. And I think it's before he gets traded when the, when the value's down. So that's just Mm -hmm. my, that's just my thought. Any other thoughts you got? Uh, what are you doing? Let's see. What's an interesting name. We'll stick with wide receivers. Okay. What what are you doing about, uh, Calvin Ridley? I think that's a good question. Talking about, talking about on the spot. (laughs) No, that's a good question. I have been thinking about Calvin Ridley and I have made zero, trades for Calvin Ridley. I'm in almost 20 mm-hmm. leagues or whatever. And every time I see a trade with Calvin Ridley, I go like this. Huh. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that's good. You know, like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not like He's- fucking smart right there, man. I'm like, yeah. okay. I think that's, I, I don't know. Like, so I really yeah. have this, like, he's older than That's I, the thing. He's going to, he's 28. Yeah. So you don't, he's not it's discounted. Sneaky. He's going to be. Yeah. I had the greatest take. What was it? You know what he's doing? He's chilling, you know? Yeah. Injured guys rehab, suspended guys chill out. He's just been chilling for (laughs) too long. That's why Deshaun Watson was terrible. What was Deshaun Watson doing? He wasn't rehabbing, like working hard to get back at it. He was like, I'm fucking chilling, bro. Let me know when it's time to play. So anyway, uh, Ridley's doing on the chill program. So he's been off for a long time. 
Um, that's a concern. He's going to a mm-hmm. new team. Slight concern. Yeah. He is getting a great quarterback. He's going to play with Trevor yep. Lawrence. So for that reason, I think he's probably – well, here's the point. He's probably a great buy because as soon as people mm-hmm. see Calvin Ridley on the field with Trevor Lawrence next year, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, he's a, he's great. Let's get him. You know, He's going to be a, a, high, a high pick in redraft later and later in the season. His value is rising. So for that reason alone, I think he's a great buy. Um, so yeah, same thing there. Buy Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, at a good price, and you should be able to uh, sell him at a much higher price, even if you don't like him. Here's all right. So Jesus, I'm just checking keep trade cut while you're doing that. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, they have at wide receiver 36. Ridley at 37. Huh. Keenan Allen at 40. Juju at 41. Elijah Moore at 43. <sighs> I I mean I like Ridley. I don't know if I I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, part of part part of the point. trade, that's part of the, the yeah, part of the real life trade was like, hey, if he ends up not being reinstated, it's only going to be a seventh rounder, so it's not even a sure thing, right? That's yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, there you go. That's that might be a league to league. That might be a league to league thing because I would not pay Elijah Moore for Calvin Ridley. It's a great point. I think that's it. There's a little bit of uncertainty around around that too that's a great point yeah that's a great point that's i i you know if i miss that one i'll be like eh, okay i missed it i mean i think i'll take shots when look i would be looking to buy on a discount you know um and if you were able to buy on a discount you know over this last year and and put him in a trade where you received him and it was you know a bunch of things moving back and forth and you're like yeah i somehow slid ridley back my way I, i felt good about that that's great but if you're out there going Hey man, what do you want for Ridley? Like, don't do that. <laughs> no, like, I wouldn't be calling the guy. I'd just be like, Hey man, you know, fucking, you know, I got Chubb and you got this guy and Camara and first round of that thing. And if you can just do some shit where next thing and next thing, you know, you've got Ridley on your team. I'm fine with that. But if you're paying up, I, I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure. Like you say, that value is pretty expensive. And if people are yeah. looking at that, they're maybe trying to get more than that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'd be a little bit yeah. hands off at, at a, at a, at a price like that. No, I mean, yeah, keep trade cut has it at like a little bit above a mid second, and there's no chance I'm trading a 2023 20, second for him, especially an early one. No way, yeah, because if it's yeah. above a mid second, then yeah, 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 no way. I think that's yep. that's uh, that's a little rich for my blood. Yep, um, yeah, because I mean, he he might be really really good for a year or two. It's really really possible. It's very possible. Yep. It's, I mean, and that's the that's why he's priced where he is because his ceiling mm-hmm. is still you know, yep. wide receiver one ish, right. Somewhere in there, you yep. know? Um, so for those reasons, but yeah, I think I'd be a little hands off, but Hey, who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm usually wrong. So I'm sure I will be in this one too. Dan, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to call it. But one thing I want to talk about before we go, and it's something that I think a lot of uh, dynasty gamers should really be looking at. And we're going to talk about it. You know, everybody, the red meat is the 23 rookie class. And we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. But I think before you go to rookies and only care about rookies, as a dynasty player, you need to look at something way more important, which is free agency. Because things are going to change. Players are going to move. you know, And you really want to try and read the future by understanding free agency. Uh, Look no further than this 2023 free agent running back class. And when guys move... They create space when they stay. They occupy space, right? You know, there's this whole thing. And there's some pretty good 
uh, free agents led by, and I'm going to, I mean, there's a better player available, but led by Josh Jacobs. I think the Josh Jacobs decision will be interesting. He's currently only 25 years old. They declined his fifth year option. And I think, I think he's going to stay in Las Vegas and be joined by Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski and Devonte Adams and Darren Waller and let's effing go. Am I right? I mean, that's sexy. <laughs> that is, that is a, that's a fun lineup right there. Uh, I do. I'm, I'm with you. Um, you know, you, you see a lot of any, any running back that gets a hardcore second contract, it's almost entirely the case. It's always with the, their original team because they know them and they want to keep them around. I know the, the decline of the fifth year option gets a little weird, but it was a new regime and you know, they used them a shit ton. So McDaniels could have just been using them up to kick him out. Yeah. But, uh, I think I, if he's going to get paid, I imagine it's going to be in Oakland or Oakland, Jesus in Las I know, Vegas, buddy. Las Vegas, Vegas maybe. They, old habits die hard. I know. Uh, I think they keep him around. Uh, I just, I think that's where he, he's going to end up Yeah. from there. There's so many other names that can fly around too. It's tough, man. I mean, Barkley hunt, uh, Sanders, David Montgomery. There's this class is It's going to be crazy. And then, and then like you said, very interesting to see which teams value, which players. Um, but I'll, I'll say this before, before I move on, because I want to, so, if Tom Brady goes to the Raiders, which I think that's the leader in the clubhouse, I think me and Chalk talked about it. We both said the same team at the same time, which was the New York Jets sleeping Tigers in this uh, sweepstakes. I don't think they land know. him. I don't. I don't think, think they, he goes to the Jets. I don't, I don't think so either. But I think I think the the reason that Tom would want to be uh, in New York is his family's in New York, his kids are in New York. I think that's the 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 driving. Uh, you know, and now Daniel Jones, I think, is stealing his seat in, in uh, for the Giants. You know, if they missed the playoffs, I thought the Giants were in play, although their weapons, I don't, I couldn't imagine he goes there. But the offensive yeah. line is great in at the Jets in New York. There, um, the Raiders would certainly have to do something with the offensive line. But if Tom mm-hmm. Brady goes to the Raiders and he doesn't have a shirt, a T-shirt, or a bumper sticker that says "Tom Brady, it was a fumble," right? Like it's got to be, <laughs> it was a fumble, right? He's got to fucking have a T-shirt, right? <laughs> That would be fantastic. The uh, thirty for thirty with him with uh, and Rod Woodson is really funny. Yeah, where uh, they talk about it. Well, it was, but that hey, it was the rule at the time. Yeah. What do you, what do you what do you want? Hey, good call, bad rule. What do you want me to do about it, Las Vegas or yeah. Oakland it, or whoever and, the fuck is mad at me now? Um, it immediately got changed after the season. So there, yep. there you go. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> I literally remember walking out of the room, pissed off. We lost the fucking game. I'm in the kitchen. You know, who knows? I was probably getting a drink, you know, because, I mean, you know, at that point, um, you know, maybe a snack because I'm a fat piece of shit, too. But, you know, I'm in the kitchen, of course, and someone's like, no, no, they're changing. I'm like, they're not changing shit. You know, it was a fumble. Literally, this is what happened in my house. If there was, you know, cameras in the house, you know, and I came back. in. It was a fumble. It was a fucking fumble, dude. But uh, too bad. So sad. Um, Yeah. But um, well, that was that's for the ghost uh, roughing the passer call back in the '70s. So the Raiders they forget their own history too. That's so. right. That's right. Yeah, Snow people don't game. forget. Yeah, you know, we've done a lot of bad things. Okay, um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, I think I think Josh Jacobs does stay there, and I think for that reason, I think they're gonna he's gonna want to stay there. He he had some 
I, I don't even know if it was a real quote. I was like, I couldn't believe it when I read it. It was like, he's like, I want to be here even if it means I have to take less money or something. He said something like that. I was like, whoa, shut your mouth. Everybody should be like, you quiet down. You can say you want to stay here. Never say less money. But like, yeah. he, I think he wants to be there. I think he will be there. I think they'll figure it out and they'll find a way to keep him on the squad. They are the Raiders. They did pay Kenyon Drake uh, backup, you know, starting running back money just to be the backup there for yeah. no apparent reason. So uh, they're dumb enough to to make sure that Jacobs is there for sure. He's going to be there. Um, there but there's is, a lot of other is, ones. Dude, Tony Pollard, uh, very mm-hmm. interesting free agent. I don't know if the Cowboys can afford to keep him. They've got a lot of other needs. So yeah. where he goes, he creates a, a, you know, he's instant offense. You know, another sneaky one, dude, Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Jesus, you know? We can do I saw, this again. Well, and one of the things uh, before I, cause I have something for the Cowboys. One of the, a, a great tactic that you used to be able to do, especially with running backs to just follow the money mm. and see like who gets a good contract to be a backup. And then like the past couple of years, you had like the Colts play uh, paid Naheem Hines. And you're like, fuck yeah, let's go. They're paying him legit money for a backup. And they didn't really use him the same way. And then right. Kenyon Drake was the same thing where it's like, he got money. So it's like, all right, cool. I I can invest in him super cheap in dynasty and fantasy and like, it'll work out. Yeah. And like, so that strategy seems to have kind of fallen off the way. So I I wouldn't put a ton of stock in it. I'd still keep it in mind because money does talk, but it's the past few years. We've had a lot of examples of running backup running backs, getting good money to make it seem like they'd be involved and they haven't been. Yes, Um, I agree. Good take. So something to keep an eye out for. Yes. Uh, Cowboys wise, I thought I I saw something saying uh, they let Pollard walk and then they should draft uh, like Jameer Gibbs or something, and, and like that would be the heir apparent to Zeke. Hmm. That'd be interesting. That'd be pretty cool, actually. But <clears throat> you know, another guy, Jamal yeah. Williams, who yeah. shout out Evan Silva, bet on uh, Jamal Williams to lead the league in touchdowns. Won that bet. That was a nice bet, I'm sure. Because how do odds. you? I mean, Jesus Christ, fuck yeah. Silva. God damn it. Yep. God damn it, Silva. Yep, Silva. Silva. <laughs> he I fucking mean, knows everything. Every time, every time, brother. Every time, just follow the brother. He's stay in his wake. Everything's gonna be fine. Stay under the wing of the dragon. Um, yeah. yeah, dude, I'm telling Dear you, God. so smart. Guy's a magician. Uh, yeah, dude. but um, but Jamal Williams, I think he probably finds a way to stay in Detroit to ruin all of our yeah. DeAndre Swift uh, hopes and dreams. He seems like a Detroit guy. I mean, he just, he, he seems like he loves it there. I don't think but he's going to break the bank either. That's the point. Like, you know, some of these yeah. guys are, are, are scheduled to stay cause they're not going to demand this ridiculous contract. They'll just take market value. He was making 3 million this year. I mean, he's not going to make a ton more than that. If, if at all. No. So, I mean, I think he'll be fine. I think they'll keep him there. They've already got him, you know, in a, a price point that makes sense. But I think the guy that's going to get a big payday would be Tony Pollard. Cause he's an actual game breaker. So I think mm-hmm. he could get a pretty big contract. I think he's going to go somewhere else. I mean, How about he'll be Barkley? the hotness a little bit, you know? Yeah. Barkley is the one that stands out to me. Of course. Curious what's going to – what happens there. Yes. What do you think? Because he, he might be the he might be a, a guy that a, a different team would break the bank for him. Yes. Because as much as I like Josh Jacobs, he's not Barkley. Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, Barkley I, could be the free – free agent the guy who goes somewhere else yeah and gets signed that way who do you think is older josh jacobs or tony pollard it has to be you know there <laughs> i have to say pollard because josh i always feel like jacobs is like 28 but he's only what 24 25 it says he's, he's old, 25 right? on this thing I, i'm like i'm like is that right like yeah you know, i i always pollard thought he's 26 yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it doesn't feel like it, but yeah, Josh Jacobs is actually pretty young. Yeah. Crazy. So, you know, anyway, there you go. Mm. That's the thing. I mean, you know, you've also got Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, a couple other also rands there that, you know, I don't think they're going to move mountains. I think they're going to, you know, Damien Harris. Yep. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. He's, he's got a new England. Yeah, good for Ramondre. Good for Ramondre. Yeah, I think a lot of these guys, I mean, they just kind of, it's the musical chairs thing. Like, I don't think, yep. you know, there'll be one or two of them that get some surprisingly dumb money from some stupid ass team, but you'll be like, why did they, like the Kenyon Drake thing or whatever. You're like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Are, what are you thinking? Why did you do that? You don't need to do that. There's a million Kenyon Drakes. You just walk down the street and just ask some gentleman to play football for your team. That guy's <laughs> as good as Kenyon Drake. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I it's I don't know, and that's that's the worst part about dynasty for like running backs. It's such a shit show. Yeah, even like the the top like five is just like, yeah, I guess Brees Hall, but like the the ACL, so that kind of sucks. Is that really is going to nuke twenty twenty three or at least cap twenty twenty three? And then Ken Walker, like the running back position, because just the nature of the NFL is just a nightmare. There's one big name I forgot. One big, big name who's a free agent. Unrestricted, too. You missed him. How did you miss this? Are you talking about for running back? Running back. Dude, David Johnson is a free agent. I I literally just had his page up on over the cap because I was like, what the what are his career earnings? Because I can't believe he's still in the league. Oh my god, uh, dude. I always forget that he's still playing. Yeah, I just had his uh over the cap up. It's hysterical that you just said his name. Uh, uh anyway, God bless us. <laughs> Guys, if you're curious, uh, his career earnings, by yes. the way, uh, cash paid total. Oh, wait, wait, whoa, hold on. I want to make sure I just read that right because it just said 100 million and no. I would lose my mind. Uh, base salary, 21 million guaranteed salary. All right, yeah, 30. Yeah, okay, all right. Cash paid, okay, no, 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 Th- like 30 million. Okay, I was okay, like, that, there's no way that's right. I was there's gonna no say, how is that possible? Did he yeah. rob a bank also? Well, <laughs> Yeah, no, I yeah, I read I read it completely wrong. But no, yeah. he's made a pretty good chunk of money there. Career earnings thirty eight million, so good for him. Yep. Well, Dear more God. than me. I, I'm just <laughs> going to tell you. I mean, I'm very well paid, but I have not made the thirty million yet. So I'm I'm looking no. forward to uh, to getting there. All right, guys, that's it, man. That's a that's a podcast. We did it, Dan. You were fantastic. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Thanks to uh, Pat Corain for coming on um, and. Uh, Mr. Dan Bradley, you can find Dan at AWL Sabermetrics. Dan, say goodbye to the people. Adios, amigos. On behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of a vengeful producer, Michael P. Duncan, you have been joined by the $2 million man, Pat Corain, and the great Dan Bradley. I am. I'm Jax Falcone, and we are...